This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Well, we correctly predicted the uh, the name of the baby. We said it would have Charlotte. We said it would have Diana in there. We didn't realise that Diana's name would be the end. And apparently this is, this is to keep three people happy. This is to keep Charles happy, Elizabeth, the Queen, and Diana. I don't quite get how Charlotte becomes Charles, but there you go. I suppose CH it fits in. Uh, Elizabeth, because of uh, Granny, and Diana, because of the mother. They said that this is Will's defying the courtiers. What a load of old codswallop. As if the courtiers have got anything to do with the naming of a child. Russell Brand does this huge U-turn again. It's a case of don't eat meat, meat is murder. Don't eat meat, meat is murder. Oh, eat meat, it tastes nice. And uh, the New Age invasion on a street in Bristol. They call them travellers, but they're not, you know. And if you've got a sat-nav in your car or you've got sort of high-vis and bumpers and everything else, did you know that that pushes up the price of your car insurance? I had no idea. I've got sat-nav. I'm not too sure whether or not the insurance company know that I've got sat-nav. I'll run through the um, all the different things which they say bump up the cost of insurance. It's bad enough as it is at the moment. Uh, John Terry's wife pictured drunk coming out of the club. No big surprise there. And uh, was Russia's top ballerina a secret agent? Spying for the British. Might have, you can't believe we still have secret agents, but we do. And uh, Joey Essex, who reckons political leaders want to meet him uh, so that some of his cool would rub off on him. This is the uh, the sort of somewhat missing-in-the-brain department, Joey Essex. This is the person who appeals to six- and seven-year-olds. He's only marginally one up from Jedward. That's about how, how, how good it gets. There's nothing really going on in Joey Essex's mind that you couldn't find on the back of a sweet packet. Uh, the TUC kicked me out, says uh, a toll puddle martyr. I'll tell you about the toll puddle martyrs. This woman uh, was part of the TUC. There were six houses. Well, no, I'll tell you this story a bit later on because it's much easier. And uh, can a dog really hypnotise you? Or is this really Simon Cowell's silliest contract yet? And of course the answer is, of course it's a silly contract. Don't be so ridiculous. Grow up. Of course a dog can't hypnotise you. It's like saying pussycats can hypnotise you. I suppose in a, in a way they hypnotise you into making you believe that they're the only person in the household and you've got to do everything for them. But dogs cannot hypnotise you. You're not, you would not be allowed to put that on television if that dog really had the ability to hypnotise, which, of course, it doesn't. It's a dog, OK? It can probably, you know, jump up for a football. It could do various other things, but it can't hypnotise you. So lovely seeing old uh, old Tony Terry, otherwise known as the doormat in John Terry's uh, marriage, being led out of a club. Poor, poor soul, she can barely stand up, honestly. But uh, they, 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 they were partying with celebrity pals like Lee Ann Pinnock. God... Kind of sums her up, doesn't it, really? Uh, so we finally got the baby names. That was good. Everybody very happy about that. Everybody sort of seemingly going good. All of a sudden, the name Charlotte becomes popular. Queen Charlotte. I said that yesterday. Didn't think of Elizabeth. I mean, it's all fairly safe stuff. And Diana, of course. So the, 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 uh, the name that the palace tried to forget will live on because they never liked her. They never liked Diana. But it doesn't matter, does it? You know, she's having the last laugh from her cloud. The entire country loved her, barring a few old sillies, and nobody cares about them at all. I couldn't believe some bloke comes on and says he's never heard of Russell Brand. Has electricity and television reached Sunderland at the moment? How can you not have heard of Russell Brand, the excuse being he didn't have a television? Well, I mean, he's been on the front of newspapers for God knows how many years. We talk about him on the radio. Of course you must know who he is, unless, unless you're either deaf, blind and dumb... 
In which case, I suppose that kind of fits into Sunderland, doesn't it, really? Sort of, you know, I mean, how can you never have heard of him? That's like saying I've never heard of Jesus because like, I never read the Bible. It's equally stupid. I've never heard anything so dumb in my entire life. Uh, so everybody's celebrating yesterday, and again, pages and pages of a baby. Pages and pages. Now they're analysing the names. It's, it's given them the best thing that they've ever had. You wait till we get to Thursday and Friday this week. That's going to be very interesting, isn't it? Because, as I said yesterday, and I said the day before and the day before that, uh, Nick and the team are out in the battle bus. That's proving to be a bit exciting. I think, I think actually, out of all of them, ours looks the best. Because in Twickenham yesterday, there was a Lib Dem battle bus. And, um, and it was parked up by Tesco, so they could all nip in there and go and buy a few little bits and pieces. In fact, it was parked illegally in Twickenham yesterday. I was going to take a picture of it going, double yellow lines? I don't think so. But I thought, no, no. I just tweeted a picture about Lloyds Bank this morning. In Twickenham, the lights are ablazing in the whole building. I thought, doesn't anybody turn them off? What's the point of keeping them on? I don't quite understand that, but now I'm sure that Lloyds Bank, which we own, has an answer for it somewhere. But when I saw the Lib Dem battle bus parked on double yellow lines, I was going to take a picture, but I was driving, so I couldn't. And, uh, and then go. So it's, it's different. Is it? Do they have different rules? So here we have the LBC battle bus, which is out today. We'll tell you about that a little bit later on. And they've got travellers parking in a suburban street in Bristol. It's a little kind of a cul-de-sac kind of thing. And I looked at their, their caravans. I thought, these aren't travellers. These aren't. They, their, their caravans were covered with graffiti. And they've been dumped there. You know, and, uh, and then I suddenly realised, they're not travellers. These are new age people. These are, the, these are the dipsticks who opt out of society and just go and park everywhere and leave all their rubbish everywhere because they're, cause we're new age travellers. They're just basically wasted hippies. They're hippies who wandered into the wrong time zone and they've got no idea. They're generally filthy, dirty, and most of them do drugs. It's a, it's a bit sad, really. It's a bit sad. And they've, they've got pictures of men openly smoking on the streets here. And the residents want them out. They want them out. There's nine caravans. They've just been dumped on the street because apparently they're going to a New Age festival. For that read, more people smoking drugs. And, um, and, and one of them said, there are no double yellow lines, so we can park our caravans without penalty. And there's not much passing traffic. No, but the crap that they leave behind them. I mean, perhaps we should just sort of pick it up, open their caravan doors and chuck it back in again. That'd be marginally more entertaining, wouldn't it? For the residents who don't seem to be doing an awful lot down there. Some of them saying, oh, we feel so much safer now they're here. Really? I'd stand up, kind of worry, actually. In fact, I'd, uh, I'd really worry. RBS and NatWest open for bank holiday, apparently. For the first time on a bank holiday, ending a tradition lasting more than 140 years. God, I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known. But the trouble is, ever since we've had the introduction of the diddly-dip machines, you don't need to worry. You don't need to go into a bank, in theory. The only time I need to go into a bank is that I'm taking out a lot of money and I want it in £50 notes. That would be the only reason, because my uh, bank machine doesn't dispense £50 notes. It does tenors or twenties. I don't even think it bothers with fives now. They're sort of dispensed with £5 notes. If you go to the Hippodrome Casino, the machines in there only dispense £50 notes. Only 50. Well, there's no point in going to a casino and putting a tenner in. And I have to hold my hands up. I did go there the other day. And I'm not, as you know, a gambling person. I'm not the sort of person who, who fritters money away. I'm far too mean and stingy to spend money on, um, on sort of gambling. I do do the National Lottery, but I wouldn't be... And I've, oh, I've done the National, but I wouldn't spend my life in betting offices. That wouldn't appeal to me. I couldn't, I couldn't care less about stuff like that. I see people for Ascot, and it's, it's very nice to watch, but, I mean, I couldn't care less. They sit on the train working out form and everything else. But I did go on Sunday to the Hippodrome. We did a long walk, 
And uh, we said, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's go to the Hippodrome and we'll spend £20 each. So we stood there watching one of the tables. I love watching people playing roulette because you look at them and I try and work out what these people do for a living who are shoving serious money. I know that it's a, it was a £2 table, but people sit there. I think they've got a £2 table, a £5 table, a £10 table and a £50 table. I can't remember. But anyway, the £2 table, very popular because you get more for your money. And uh, this bloke, he was shoving loads on. And every every go, he appeared to be losing. It was only once we saw him winning. So I thought I'd have a go on a fruit machine. Now, I don't really understand fruit machines. I understand them from years ago with cherries and oranges and melons and stuff like that and nudging. But these are computer machines. They're computer roulette linked into a vast computer. And so they've got, I don't know, forget how many machines they've actually got at the Hippodrome, loads of them. And it's, it's, I just stand looking at the Hippodrome because I love looking inside the Hippodrome, thinking that probably where I was playing my fruit machine on Sunday, Julie Andrews stood up and sang. They, that's where she started appearing. They would have it, they'd say, is there any little girl who'd like to sing a song? And she'd go, me, because it was, it, was, it was planted. And, um, and so I'm, I put money in this fruit machine, and I didn't really understand what I was doing. I put £20 in. A friend of mine said, he said, how much have you put in? I said, 20 He said, what, the whole 20 I thought, well, I don't really want to sort of prolong the agony. If I'm going to lose it, I might as well lose it straight away. And so I just sort of, you, you touch... The, the table as is projected onto the computer and um, and then I sort of sat there and and it, I, I put a tenor on a tenor goes really fast and and I put a tenor and I surrounded low numbers you know some crossing lines and things like that and I won I won I was a bit excited how much did I win 68 pounds so I stopped immediately I thought, I'm now up on the deal. I'm not, I'm not going to put it back in again. Oh, no, 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 no. I took it out. So I put, you know, retrieve and it gives you a ticket. You take it over to another machine, put it in the machine and that, that dispenses your money for you. So I, I was up on the deal. I was quite happy about that. And that's when I stopped. As I say, I'm, I'm, I'm quite strong-willed. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of weak in, in one aspect when it comes to food. And I'm, I'm really strong when it comes to money. I can actually hang on to money quite easily. In fact, I'm, I'm very good at hanging on to money. I'm very good at saving. Very good at saving. That's always the, that was instilled in me years ago. I, I don't like, uh, and I would never do, um, extended credit or stuff like that. I, I don't want any bills saddling me. Thank you very much indeed. I don't want to have to think at the beginning of each month or the, the end of each month, there's sort of 300 quid going out to pay for this and pay for that. I don't want to do that. I can afford to pay cash. Somebody said to me, when you buy your car, tax you can pay it monthly why would you pay it monthly i've got the money now pay it now gets it out of the way definitely gets it out of the way uh so uh, we'll talk about oh Kay burley's in the paper today how many tellies has Kay burley got 11 11 televisions in her house and i was trying to think how many i've got and i've got one i've only got one well i tell a lot i've got two because i've got one in the bathroom but I'm frightened. I know a lot of people have got tellies in the bathroom. If I'm sort of there, I like to sort of keep up with it. But now I'm addicted to the radio in the bathroom, so I don't bother with that. I've got a t- Actually, when I think about it, I've got three now. I've got telly in the bedroom, telly in the, in the sitting room, and, and that's it. She's got 11. She's got them in every room in the house. She must have a very big house, 11 televisions, which is good. I've got more hoovers, though. I reckon she's probably only got one, one vacuum cleaner, and I've got about six, because I do, I do like them. Um... 
What else are we going to talk about this morning? Apart from uh, Russell Brand and this, you know, I know by the end of today you're going to be so bored with Russell Brand. He's just an attention seeker. His mind's gone dancing. It's wandered out somewhere. He's got no idea what he's talking about. He rambles. The people who follow him are like lemmings. You're always going to find somebody. It's like the people who follow Yuri Geller believing he can bend metal. You're always going to get that. You're always, you know, like people on the Haley Bop. Remember years ago, this spacecraft's going to come down. You think, nobody's going to buy into that, are they? Yeah, out they came. Out they came. And uh, and then there was a group of people who believed that if they all committed suicide at the same time, they were going to be going up onto this spacecraft. So they all committed suicide. They were part of this a religious cult. So when you get Russell Brand, you know, you get the, the sheep in the audience. And there they all are buying into this loony. He thinks he's sort of spouting, you know, something quite serious. But then, as I say, it's like somebody who goes, meat is murder. Don't eat meat. Don't eat meat. Oh, meat's quite nice. Anybody for a burger? It's that kind of thing. If you seriously are basting, basting, seriously basing who you're voting for and what Russell Brand says, my God, you need to go back and check with Matron whether you're actually allowed out on the street. 16 minutes past four. I wanted to stick a rock. I saw uh, Simon Conway there with his little tray. I thought he was doing ice cream. It looks like one of those ice cream trays, and he was doing rock. Where did they get that from? Nobody mentioned rock to me. I hope he's going to bring some back. I haven't had rock for years, actually. Years and years, being a diabetic. Uh, on Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning, Battle Bus rolls into a key, key constituency of London. Meanwhile, Labour Shadow Health Andy Burnham will say that two-thirds of hospitals face big cuts this year. How can we get a grip on the NHS when we stop people coming in and using it from overseas? That'll be a start. And as Russell Brand goes from not voting to voting Labour, Nick will be asking, a celebrity endorsement's worth it or too much trouble? That's an interesting question, isn't it? I've never been swayed by any... I couldn't care less what celebrities vote. I'm not remotely bothered. And on the morning, we hear that British mums are more likely to die in childbirth than if they lived in Poland, Austria or Belarus. Does that ring true for you? Nick Ferrari. After the morning news with Lisa Aziz this morning at seven. I noticed that Theo Usherwood is going to be explaining why Twickenham is so important. I don't want to miss that bit. I want to know why Twickenham is so important. Look at the papers today. Uh, Gita Harry, Director of Communications at News UK. That's all with Nick Ferrari this morning on the Battle Bus. Uh, so what else do we have today? Actually, so it's so funny because the, um, the sort of the supporters of Russell Brand will obviously sort of just about drag along anything. This is a man who lives in the two million pound flat. But uh, you, you, mustn't, you mustn't worry about that because that's something different. The fact that he's absolutely filthy, rich and loaded and seems to think that he's the new messiah. He's not the Messiah, he's just a very silly boy, I'm afraid. And I don't know why. I don't know why, you know, he hasn't stood for, 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 for politics. If he, if he thinks he's got so much influence, go on, stand for politics. He knows damn well that he wouldn't get very further and probably lose the deposit as well. Unless there'd be a few people. I mean, what, what sort of votes could he pick up? The sort of the loony ones somewhere. And uh, somebody says, uh, you know, nothing that any celebrity says will ever get me, Steve, to vote for them. No, but the parties like putting them forward, don't they? They like, they, they do it in America. They've done it in America, you know, big time. And, and, and they sort of wheel them all out. Now, whether or not, they must think at, at the end of the day, there must be some influence there. So if Barbara Streisand votes for a political party, and in fact, even in her Barbara Streisand at Caesar's Palace, she, she quite clearly lays her, her cards on the table over which party she's supporting. And so that might influence other people who go, oh, well, if Barbara supports this party, then we should support it as well. Perhaps the same for Russell Brand. But Russell Brand is a failure, a total failure. Every TV show, at one point, it was the Russell Brand show, cancelled after five. 
five episodes, they suddenly realise that this poor man hasn't got a clue what's going on in the world. His brain, as I say, is so is so sort of mashed up over the years of all the abuse that there's no point in him sitting there. So then they try it in America. That goes too serious. Then they ditch it as well. Everything he's touched has just collapsed like a pack of cards. He's never had anything successful. He quite clearly is a bit deranged. Hence that disgusting phone call to um, to Manuel which was just, I think, possibly the worst thing I've ever heard, you know, and that you never forgive him for. So the fact that he's changed his mind, why are we at all surprised? His supporters will probably go along. I don't mind, I couldn't care less if somebody supports somebody. You just have to point out the error of their ways. That's the best thing to do. Uh, Tips for sprucing up your garden. Try lots of sex and death, apparently. Sex and death, good Lord. Apparently, if you really want your pride and joy to make the neighbour swoon with envy, your mantra needs to be sex and death. Apparently, because we've got the Chelsea Flower Show coming up, as you know, and we've got the Hampton Court Flower Show, which I love. That's huge. I love the Hampton Court Flower Show. I always go to the Hampton Court Flower Show because it's bigger than... Chelsea is just like a big crocodile for me, wandering around. And lovely though it is. Lovely though it is. I like the last day, you know, when they get rid of all the plants and people stagger out with bay trees and try and get them on the bus. That I always find find fairly interesting. <laughs> oh dear. There's a very old story in the Daily Mail today. We did, we did it three weeks ago. The Daily Mail must have gone, oh, we haven't, we've got, got to put a big gap on one of the pages. Um, you know, have you got anything? I know. Have we got an old picture of, uh, of Christine, hi you, bleakly, and uh, little Frankie Lampard uh, going round Robert De Niro's house worth 26 million. And that's exactly what they've done. They've, repeat, they've, they've repeated a story we did three weeks ago on LBC. Three weeks ago, and they've done it now. They said, to, I mean, because they aren't over there at the moment, are they? They're over here. And so they went to have a look round uh, a Manhattan apartment. Of course they did. They can't afford it. They're just going round to have a look. Apparently, um, Lampard and TV presenter Miss Bleakley, have you seen that garbage on Ireland she's doing at the moment? Both... Uh, spoke animatedly as they were pictured leaving the apartment. Of course they were, with a photographer. They took their own photographer to make it look like they're really filthy rich and they can... The trouble is, you know, it's a bit nouveau. bit nouveau, you know. Just go over there, stay there. Thank God for that. Let's see the back of her. We've seen the front. It's not too exciting. And uh, why have TV in your home, says Sally, when there's LBC? And why does anybody listen to Russell Brand? Well, I well, that is a big question. Even the media, strangely enough, the media, the people who put him in the papers are asking the same question. Why does anybody take any notice of this little pipsqueak? He's nothing. He doesn't. Nobody's interested in his politics. He's deranged. You know, and they, they, they put it at question time. It was an embarrassment. An embarrassment. The Miliband thing. Oh, people are holding their heads in their hands going, what on earth are people doing? But now he's changed his mind. You could probably get him to sort of, you know, go and live in a squat, I should imagine. That'd be more entertaining, wouldn't it? And uh, another one here. With an idiot like Russell Brand uh, backing Labour, the Tories should get on very well, says Maggie. It's funny how you sort of, you know, I haven't found any support for him apart from one person. I'm not even sure that they're supporting Russell Brand. I mean, if your life is that shallow that you need to listen to what Russell Brand says about who you should vote for... You, as I say, go back inside and ask Matron whether or not you should be allowed out on day release. Because I don't think it's uh, very likely. Now, if you've got a sat-nav in your car, did you know that that added to the insurance? I didn't. Had no idea. So if you've got any of these things, is, is, your, car, uh, is your car turbo or supercharging or nitrous oxide? Um, if you've got bonnet bulges, flared wings and wheel arches. If you've got spoilers, skirts and valances. 
If you've got roll bars, roll cages and removal of seats, a sat-nav system and a hands-free phone kit, all of these bump up your premium. I don't remember being asked. I mean, I, I, I am turbo. Definitely. I definitely am turbo. Um, I don't think I have bonnet bulges, flared wings and wheel arches. I do have spoilers and valance. That goes round the car. I have a low one at the front. Uh, I don't have uh, roll bars. I do have built-in sat-nav. And I do have a hands-free phone kit in the car. In fact, I've got about three. And all of this can bump it up. If, if you're turbo, it can add 93% to your insurance. Well, my insurance, I think, is quite reasonable. I pay about 600 a year. 600 and something. It went down last time. Because I don't make claims. And I'm a very, very good driver. Well, I think I'm a very good... I mean, I think I'm a good driver. Probably if I was tested, I wouldn't be so so good. So it works out about... I think it's about 606 quid. I remember thinking, that's good. Because years ago, I was with a, a company. I've been with them forever and a day. Ever and a day. And then for no reason, and I hadn't claimed, up goes the insurance. And it jumped up to about 1,700 quid. And I phoned them up and said, you're having a laugh, aren't you? Been with the company for years. I said, well, I'm going elsewhere. Stick that straight away. That's what these companies do. You see the adverts on the television. You know, move to us and we'll, we'll guarantee to keep it lower than everything else. You think, yeah, for the first year you will. And then you put it up and you're back where you started again. Always stick with them unless you really feel that they are ripping you off. But I watched a great programme on the telly. I wish I could remember who it was presented by. I think it could have been a doctor. And he was going out there and he was looking at various things. Uh, medicines. And working out whether or not they were any good. Working out. One of them was cough mixture. Cough mixture. Now, you and I know how expensive cough mixture is. And he was going, with the help of, of scientists from universities, through it and saying, what's in it? Can this really stop you coughing? And at the end of the day, they couldn't. These things could not stop you coughing. Do you know what the best thing was? The best thing was if you were actually making it yourself. And he said, I make my own cough mixture. And I thought, this one I've got to see. Because they showed you this bewildering array. And whenever I get a cough, I have to use diabetic cough mixture. And it's like four and a half pounds a bottle. It's not cheap. Not cheap at all. And, um, in fact, you stick the word diabetic in front of it. I think they had a few quid anyway. And so he was saying, none of these things work. And I'll, I'll demonstrate. So he demonstrated. He made a concoction of chilies and vodka. And then said, inhale that. And, of course, the bloke coughed his lungs up. He said, why do, why do I cough? And he explained about how that irritates the back of your throat. And this, this cough mixture. He said, there you go, drink it. Now do it. Still coughing. Still coughing. He said, do you know what you need to make? Honey and lemon. You get some honey. You put it in some water, you boil it up, you do a squeeze of lemon in there. He said, and that will do as much good, if not more, than any cough mixture you could buy. And the other thing was deep heats. Those sort of treatments where you rub on to take away the pain. You know, when you go, oh, hurry aches, if I rub that on. And it goes, he said, the word deep doesn't mean anything at all. Doesn't mean anything at all. He said, they just put it on there. He said, you would be better off sitting in a hot bath. He said, that would ease your aching joints far more and, of course, doesn't cost you anything apart from the cost of the water, than all of these embrocations that you rub on. And I thought, well, that was the most sensible programme I'd seen on the telly. I was surprised they were allowed to get away with it. Normally, manufacturers jump up and down, but it's worth about 400 million quid, just the cough mixture industry. And people make a lot of money out of it. But he said, no, just some honey, some lemon, all the things that you would make yourself, honey and lemon and uh, a bit of water, and that works. And if you've got, you know, aching joints, sit in a bath. Always works. LBC News Time. It's 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC.
Actually, Danny says, is that uh, Manuka honey you recommend for coughs? Well, I tell you, I, I would have done, and I do recommend Manuka, but make sure you're not buying uh, fake Manuka. Apparently, the market at the moment is being flooded with fake Manuka. It's one of the most expensive honeys that you can buy. It comes from bees that have been feeding on Manuka, and it's Manuka honey. I think it comes from New Zealand. I think I think it's New Zealand. And uh, you can't miss it because it's the most expensive thing. It's the only thing that's tagged. I think in Holland and Barrett, they have to make sure they put things... Because people steal. Well, people steal full stop nowadays. We'll come around to that in a moment. But uh, it's it's Manuka honey, which is the best. It's the best you can get. So I always make sure... But don't buy it online unless you know the company you're buying from because there's loads of fake stuff out there. When there's when there's a lot of profit in things, the fake side of it is is absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. So just, just be a, a little bit careful little bit careful that you're buying the right stuff. If you buy it from, from your independent chemist or you buy it, you know, from a, from a shop that you know, well, then that's fine. But don't, don't buy it anywhere else. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, somebody says cough, machine, cough mixtures do work. No, they don't. No, they don't. They've just been proved scientifically. They do not work. They don't work. You can make up your own thing. It's no good saying that they do, Steve, and it makes you look a bit silly because they prove scientifically they don't. It's like a placebo. You know, you think it's working for you. It doesn't. It doesn't soothe anything at all. You might as well take, as I say, make it yourself. Cost you pennies. Cost you penny. And then also uh, says you can't take a hot bath on the on the go. Are you in a home or something? I mean, sometimes, you know, Matron allows people to get to the computers. Well, you don't have that, do you? But the, but the deep heats and everything else, proven scientifically, they don't work, but they're passed. So in other words, you're allowed to use them because they're not actually doing you any good or any harm. As long as it doesn't do you any harm, it's fine. 84850, And I think the programme is called The Secrets of Your Medicine Cabinet, says Chris. It was blooming good. It was really good. He poo-pooed all these things. Poo-pooed all of them. You know, but the trouble is you can't sort of, you know, some people you can't educate. You can only point them in the right direction and then hope that they've got the intelligence to take it all in. Some haven't. Uh, Russell Brand's fa- uh, fans probably followed his advice not to vote. That means they might not be registered to vote anyway. I'm laughing, though, says Ian. Yes, I mean, can you re- do, do people really take notice of what Russell Brand says? The man who made a filthy, disgusting, pornographic phone call to an elderly man about his granddaughter or whatever she was. Do you seriously believe that there are people that stupid out there? Answer, yes. Answer, Yes. I thought I was the last man on the planet using cash to purchase outright. Don't have a credit card, never had one. How many of your listeners can say that, says Roland. We went, we did a thing, actually, um, a while ago. I did it, oh, about five years ago, where we sort of, we emptied the contents of our wallets on the desk to see how many cards people had. I had two. Two cards. I don't have store cards. I don't have loyalty cards. I don't want a loyalty card. I'm not interested. I'm really not into the game. Oh, but you can save 10% today by buying... I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. The only way to do it, I'm reliably informed, is to pay cards off in full at the end of the month, thus depriving them of the interest. So I have a, a debit card, which is linked direct to the bank account. So if I buy anything on Amazon, it's linked through there, so the money comes out straight away. And if I've got uh, anything that I put, like the car repairs or something like that, on my... Uh, MasterCard, at the end of the month, we pay it off in total. That's, there's no two ways about it. If I happen to have spent a lot of money, then it gets paid off in total. I spend no money, we don't bother paying it off. And, and that's the only way to juggle it. There's nothing worse. I've seen people open their, their wallets. And I saw a woman the other day, and she paid on a, on a 
credit card for £4.50 in Iceland. £4.50. Couldn't believe it. Thought, don't you have £4.50 in cash? Why on earth you'd want to pay you know, the interest rates that are astronomical on some of these credit cards? Astronomical. It's bad enough to borrow money. People get really upset about borrowing. I've been in a situation, get me wrong, years and years ago, I was rubbish with money. Absolutely terrible. I'll be the first one to hold my hands up and say, I couldn't manage money. I didn't know how to manage money. I just used to assume that if they gave me a checkbook with 42 checks in it, there were 42 loads of £50 in there. Because that was the maximum I could get out on my check guarantee card. £50, it said on it. £50. In the end, I was resorted to cheating the bank. Because I knew that they weren't going to pass it in a bank. So I used to go into these bureau de changes. And, you know, one's round here and I'd write out a cheque for £50 and you'd end up getting something like £46 back because they took commission off it. And that was the only way I could do it. And then the bank sort of said, you're writing out cheques illegally because it's illegal to write out a cheque unless you have the funds to cover it. And so they took my chequebook and my card away and that really was a wake-up call. That really was very difficult. No no cheque card, no chequebook. How do you survive? Answer, you economise. You know, you don't go and do all the things you did before. And I had to learn how to manage the money. At one point, I got to the to the dreadful stage where they'd given me an American Express card. I'd applied for one. I wanted, I wanted a gold American Express card. I thought, stupidly and naively, that that was the thing to have. This is how bad I was with money. And I'd been with the bank for a, for a couple of years. And it turned out that the two guys in there were listeners to the programme. And so they invited me in... And I thought, if they invite me in, they're going to give me the card. And they did. They gave me the gold American Express card. And with a gold American Express card, it came with a £10,000 overdraft. An automatic £10,000. Well, how excited was I? How excited was All of a sudden, £10,000. You tend to forget that if you spend £10,000, you're going to have to pay back £10,000. And I learnt the hard way. And I think that's the only way you can do it. The Bank of Hard Knocks. And the bank, you know, let me run up 10 grand and then went enough. And I had to go back in and I had to sit down and work out the finances. I mean, now, and I used to get a, I used to get a Christmas card from them. Do you remember I told you years ago, I used to get a Christmas card from my bank. I used to love it. I used to go, Steve, I've got a Christmas card. And he'd say, yeah. And then one year I didn't get a Christmas card and I was a bit miffed. So I phoned up my friend Steve, who worked in the uh, in the bank, because I don't really have a branch. I have a branch, but I haven't visited in pff, twenty years, because uh, we do it all on the on the internet. And I said I didn't get a Christmas card. He said no. He said you won't. I said why? He said because you haven't borrowed any money. He said you only get a Christmas card if you borrow money or if you owe us money on a loan or an outstanding HP agreement. I said oh. I said, does that mean I'm not going to get a Christmas card? He said, no, you don't get one. You only get one if uh, if you owe us money. So I learnt my lesson. I still don't owe them money. And I've been a bit better with money ever since. So I've you know, done all, all the right things. And don't even like to take out HP on a car or anything at all. I like to save up. My parents taught me that if you want something, save. But the the situation is nowadays that if you can't afford it, you know, really, you can have it. You just take out one of these cards. They sent a girl up and down the high street, you remember years ago, one of the newspapers, to find out how much credit she could get if she had a debit card. I think she came back with about £20,000 worth of credit, purely based on a debit card. Would you like, you know, some uh, some credit today? Show us your, your, your debit card, because once they've got it, they, they just put it through to, to your, your bank, and your bank then come down on you. 
Because once you've gone on a bad debtors list, you'll never get money ever again. It takes ages to get through that one, doesn't it? That'd be very good. Let's go to Daniela Westbrook, in which case you go, you go sort of bankrupt and then you just go on holiday. Stick two fingers up to everybody else. Really useless. Really useless. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Everybody else telling me about this, this uh, medicine cabinet programme. It was very good. It must have been... I think it was a, it was a repeat. I think so. Uh, Patsy says, what has Russell Brand been promised to now promote Labour? I don't know. Do you think they phoned him up and said, listen, we'll, we'll sort of send around some, some Moet and Shandon. Would you like some Carver? You know, if you'd like to sort of... T- I mean, I can't imagine why all of a sudden you'd be sort of sticking to your guns going, don't vote, don't vote. He told us it was wasted. You're wasted. You won't change anything. Now, magically, it's changing. <laughs> As I say, wouldn't give you threepence. Wouldn't give you threepence. Uh, another one here, very quick. Oh, telling me about the uh, secrets of your medicine cabinet. It was such a good programme. Uh, and uh, another one, Kevin says, I didn't think you drove your car that often. Um, I do. I'd use my car quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I just get in there and drive around for a little bit. And he says, uh, you can get car insurance with a company that specialises in low mileage use. Might save you some pennies. Luckily, Kevin, I don't need to worry about saving pennies. Thank you very much indeed. It's very sweet. Uh, Jonathan says, you mentioned these new age travellers parking up anywhere these days. Well, just outside South Cambridgeshire, there are four parked up on a blooming roundabout. How they get away with it is beyond belief. Well, what they do, same as the other, the other travellers... Uh, is they just pull into... They did it down the road from uh, from us in a Sainsbury's car park. The lorries pull them in there, then the lorries disappear off and go out tarmacking and collecting rubbish and dumping it in the middle of the countryside. And so that's what the New Age travellers did. I knew they weren't other travellers. The New Age travellers just make as much mess, but they uh, write graffiti all over their wagons. It's generally when they're a bit stoned, I think. Here's a dreadful situation out in uh, West Mercia. Tiptree. Uh, Tolls Hunt and West Mercia. Uh, out there, the police don't bother to go out when people report burglaries. And so they formed their own vigilante group. The villages have been just just left. You know, the police don't even bother going out there. Angry residents formed a committee and invited the police to come down. Officers didn't even bother to go. Now, whether or not the station they wrote to had closed, because over in Essex... Essex police have closed more than 40 stations in five years. So if you get burgled in Essex, you know, there might or there might not be a chance of somebody actually turning up. Mr Harrington, who's behind this thing, says, uh, if we see anybody, there's no point in calling the police because they won't come out. We confront the people ourselves. I mean, it is. It's like vigilantes. Uh, and so what they've done is, I mean, some of these uh, people are in their 50s and 60s and they've lost all sorts of things. Farm implements you know, which they think are East European gangs, and uh, off-road vehicles. So they're now using thermal imaging cameras to catch these people. You know, we know that there's a certain group of people who might move around the country and they thieve dogs. They thieve full stop. We know that. We've seen the television programmes. And so now people have started installing tracking devices. But it doesn't... It doesn't. I mean, I've, I had a tracking device in my car some years ago and I thought it's quite useful but if it's sitting on a container floating out on the uh, on the sea not much chance of getting it back uh, please don't don't publicize any of these things uh, the thieves know the area is not patrolled so they just go in there they've got carte blanche we've got people who go onto farms and rustle sheep they rustle sheep they take sheep away and they sell them that's where you get this uh, I often wondered actually where where all this stuff goes to where does it go to somebody comes around you've got a farm and then they find you know 40 sheep have gone missing well, where do you sell 40 sheep? 
I'm assuming they take them to slaughterhouses and then they're sort of pre-packaged and they're sold around to restaurants. Somebody goes knocking on the back door of a restaurant, you know, early in the evening. We've got some, uh, got some meat for you. Interested? Yeah, well, take it. How much is it? People will do anything to save money. And there's all sorts of unscrupulous restaurants that will, will do that without batting an eyelid. Um, Jones says maybe they promised Russell Brand a knighthood. <laughs> Steve, with all the advances in medical science, drug companies will have a cure for the common cold. But we'll lose too much money on one single panacea as opposed to the money. They, they don't have a cure for the common cold. That's the problem, isn't it? They closed down the common cold research unit because it's a virus. They can't, they cut, there is no cure for the common cold. You could sit there taking, you know, all these powders and uh, this tablet and that tablet. It won't make the slightest difference. It'll run its course. It'll run its course. The only thing I ever had was Benelin day and night tablets, which worked for me. But that was just me, I think, whether or not they were sort of suitable for diabetics. I don't know. Then they stopped them and they reformulated. So just when you get something that's kind of working, but there's no no cure for the common cold at all. They, you know, there really isn't. They sort of gave up on that a long, long time ago. Or they seem to have some new place that's opened, which is similar. But I suppose it's like making an everlasting light bulb. They can probably make an everlasting light bulb. What would be the point? You make it, everybody buys it, and then you never sell another light bulb ever again. They should show the last new Top Gear episodes because they're still showing repeats of the old ones on the BBC channel, says Oliver. Yes. I love them. I really love them. I think they're absolutely fantastic. I think they're really good. I like I like all of that kind of stuff. Never used to. Really never liked anything like like Top Gear. I just thought it was a petrol head programme. And then I thought, you know, I actually do quite like it. I do quite like it. There's a, a lovely picture of a little boy today. He's born with Down syndrome. His name's Archie Aspin. He was told he'd never managed to keep up with his peers, but at three, he's progressing in leaps and bounds. They've taken him to a ballet class, and they found something that uh, that works for him. And so he's got a little T-shirt with I'm a baby ballet star written on it, and he loves it. That keeps him happy. He jumps up and down, and uh, they love having him there. It's a far cry from what the doctors thought he would be at at this stage. And uh, his uh, mummy runs a children's nursery and says his attention skills are much better. His listening skills as well. He really enjoys it. Good for him. That's what we like. We like a nice story because it's Tuesday and you're back to work today. Quarter to five. This is LBC. Well, you have remembered it's Tuesday, haven't you? You have remembered that yesterday was the bank holiday. You have remembered that uh, it's a short week this week. In fact, this week, you're going to be all over the place. There'll be so much going on. Every time you listen to the radio, you'll be going, have we, have we had the election? Have we not had the election? Where are we? Where's the battle bus? Let's find out where the battle bus is, first of all. That'll give you a rough idea how far down the line we are. And then Thursday, you go out and vote. And then Friday, I'm not here. Because there's a special programme at five in the morning with Nick Ferrari. And so I'm not here. On, I get a day off on Friday, which is almost unheard of, almost unheard of. Like Nick yesterday worked a bank holiday and uh, O'Brien, O'Brien worked on a bank holiday as well. Also quite rare. I think because these are these are different times. And I think, you know, gone are the days of saying, well, you know, we're in the middle of this or middle of that and people have their time off. No, I think you just have to come into work and just get on with it. So I'm not here on Friday, but I'm here on Saturday. So between four and seven on Saturday morning, I shall be here. And Noreen says, do you start at five? No, four. And exactly the same on Sunday, between four and seven on Sunday. And then the breakfast shows are starting a bit earlier. OK, so that'll be that'll be just for this week. Uh, Noreen, really happy at the baby's name. Love it. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, I was never that bothered what they were going to choose anyway. It was never going to change my life. So I, I, I quite like the idea that uh, that it's uh, 
that it's sort of it's a sensible name, Charlotte. All little girls called Charlotte uh, are all now going to be going, phew, we're now acceptable. We're now acceptable. Uh, Peter says, with Sky News coverage of the royal birth, way too much. The Daily Mail online coverage of the royal birth, uh, the election, but I always vote, luckily, never bored with LBC. I think we've struck the happy balance. Don't you think so? I think we've struck the happy balance between the two. I mean, you know, every time somebody turned on... Uh, you know, to uh, listen to a new show on LBC. I was amused to hear the presenters going, you know, baby born to woman, shock horror probe kind of thing, because it is just a baby. The fact it's a royal baby is not going to affect most of us. By the time she gets to the age of 18, most of the people you're listening to on LBC now will be pushing up daisies. In fact, I can I can state quite categorically I shall be one of them. No chance of being here in 18 years' time. And uh, Russell Brand has only come out in support of Labour because Cameron called him an idiot. Oh, right. I don't, I don't remember that. He wants a revolution, but he's a hypocrite using his position uh, as support. Cameron is right. He is an idiot. Well, the, well, the trouble is, I don't think it's going to... Do you think it's going to make any difference? I still ask that question, and Nick Ferrari will ask the same question to you later on today. And he'll, he'll be saying, you know, are you swayed by a, in inverted commas, celebrity vote? I just think he's a very rude, ineffectual, not remote... I'm not remotely bothered by... You know, somebody who would almost try and coerce you into voting for somebody else as if anybody took any any notice. You know, people like all sorts of people nowadays. You know, people don't like certain columnists in newspapers. We know that because we put them on LBC. You have people on, on LBC and people who go, that's right, I shall never listen to LBC ever again because of a columnist. You know, and then you read what Katie Hopkins said and it, we had the other day, didn't we? Then we have somebody coming out and saying, oh, she's done a disservice to disabled people because she... They seem to analyse every single word. When you analyse what Russell Brand says, it's gibberish. Utter gibberish. You know, but people like different people. You can't, uh, you can't fault them for that. Uh, Tony, he says, uh, after many years of research, doctors have found the cure for the common cold. Sell up and move to the West Indies. How lovely. Do you think, it's, do you think people in, in, in sunny climes... You know, if you were sitting on the beach in the West Indies and you were sitting under a, a palm tree sipping rum out of a half a coconut, do people get colds? Or is it just over here where we get this this peculiar peculiar weather where, you know, we can get all the seasons in one day? Would that be right? Would that be right? I don't know. I mean, I, do, I don't see too many people wandering around Florida going, oh, a terrible cold today. But I see Brits who go over there and pass it on to people. Uh, Russell Brand has crossed himself with a candle now because he now gets on everybody's wick. Well, I, d- I don't think he does. I just think people, I mean, if you're sensible, you're going to go, let's not listen to him. It's just ramblings again. Uh, I spent 15 years, says Ian, selling remedies into pharmacies. Used to sell a cough mixture, no longer available at the pharmacies, used as a base for their own brand. Customers swore blind it was better than all the other ones out there. Well, there are, when you look at the bewildering array of different cough mixtures and they analyse the main ingredient in each one and they said, well, this one doesn't do anything at all. And then what they do is they add it to something else. As long as the actual drug, the drug side of the uh, thing has been passed by the, I think it's the Medical Research Council or whatever they happen to be, then that's fine. You can add other things to it. And because we know that honey and lemon work, you might as well just take honey and lemon. Why would you want to spend a fortune buying a tablet which they say it's got honey and lemon in the middle of it when you can actually go out and buy a jar of honey 
buy a lemon. You can get, I think Paul Cooper does five lemons for a quid or something, or four lemons for a pound. You know, that goes a long way. You could squeeze that into something, save the lemon juice, make up your own cough mixture. Every time you get a cold, you put a spoon for I mean, I do it here. Every time I get sort of a cough or a bit of a bit of a cold coming on, a spoonful of manuka honey in a in a in a mug, top it up with hot water and do a squeeze of lemon. And that provides exactly what you need. You don't need to spend a lot of money. I have bought money before because I'm worried, you know, if you, you don't want to lose your voice, do you, or anything like that. So you've always got to be fairly careful. But you can make it yourself. You can do it yourself. And the and the idea, as the doctor said, of having, a, you know, a hot bath for soothing, aching joints. So much better than putting a cream on, which costs like four and a half, five pounds. Some sort of steroid cream, I think. Uh, 84850. Uh, Danny in Hoban says, I actually saw the Labour pink bus on double yellow lines. And I'm sure I saw a traffic warden just walk past. Where's the justice? I'm not sure whether or not during election time they're just, they're just kind. Because having seen the Lib Dem battle bus in Twickenham the other day, they were on double yellow lines on a blind corner whilst they all nipped out to, to go and buy stuff in Tesco. It was a bit naughty, actually. I should have taken a picture. Should have taken a picture. Make it make it uh, marginally more interesting. Kevin says, my group's uh, drummer lives out near Tiptree, and being a typical drummer, all I can say is God help anybody who breaks into his house. They won't need the police. Just an undertaker. And uh, that other Kevin can't listen that often. We all know you clock up, he says, the miles in the Bentley to Andrew's place and the godchildren. Do you, do you know, I suddenly realised the other day how many miles... If, if I go down to my brother, it's about 63 miles. So that's 120 just on that one. If I go to see the godchildren, it's roughly the same. Roughly the same, 60-plus miles. Of course, it's a lot easier in my car to nip down there. It's a bit more comfortable. When I had the, the little car a short while ago, I mean, I, I think I'd have got there and probably ended up with a bad back. So we managed to uh, to stay away from I always dread it, going down a motorway. Uh, Coke was a cough medicine. Well, because it had uh, cocaine in it, didn't it? It actually had that. That was, the, that was why it was called Coke, because it was cocaine. I think they've changed it. It's still a secret formula. Still a secret formula. But I'm sure, it, as you can get people who, who dissect things and take them all apart, surely you could find out what was actually in Coca-Cola. It's like Colonel Sanders and his secret recipe. I mean... Somebody somewhere must know. They can't get... Why would they keep it locked away? You've only got to sort of take the thing and analyse it. And it's just deep-fried, deep-fried chicken, pressured. So it's like a giant pressure cooker. They lower it in there. They're all facing the right way. I watched the the programme on on Kentucky Fried Chicken, so I'm almost an expert. I don't want to eat it. Thank you very much indeed. I have eaten it on a couple of occasions, but it's uh, it's generally just dripping in fat and oil. And they, they put it in there, all facing the right way, and then they lower it into this thing, and then they screw the lid down, so... It's kind of sort of boiling away in the oil. And then they do that thing and then they lift it up and then you've got to make sure it's dry. You don't want it when it comes straight out of the thing. You've got to take your teeth out and everything else. But I, I did watch... What did I watch? Another programme the other day. Oh, that's right. I love the info commercials. And this info commercial is for something called a Go Chef. And it's very interesting. I've watched it on countless occasions because it's a friend of mine doing the voiceover. And all it is, it's basically... Uh, a saucepan with a heat source underneath it. Because the people are saying, oh, and, and you can cook everything in the same pot. I thought, have you ever heard of a saucepan? I do everything in a saucepan or a giant frying pan with a lid on it. One of these porcelain things. I've got a, about three different sizes. And they get excited. They go, and you can deep fry in it. Well, I can deep fry in my frying pan and saucepan as well. You just put some oil in. It's just you've got to wait for it to cool down to throw it away or sieve it or put it in a jug or whatever. And that's it. I couldn't understand why you don't want to buy a ghost chef. Some woman said she hasn't used the cooker since... She bought a ghost chef. I thought you must spend most of your time 
with the inside of it in the in the uh, in the sink, washing it all out. But I just thought, no, I've been doing that for years. But I call it a saucepan, and I put the lid on and steam, so I could do salmon, I can do meat. If I put some oil in there, I can deep fry, but I haven't deep fried for years because it's not good for you. I'm just uh, I'm just fascinated by the things on television, and I shall never ever ever buy a steam mop. I keep seeing steam mops advertised. I keep thinking, where would I ever use a... Would I use a steam mop? Would I use a steam mop? I keep thinking, no, I wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't use a steam mop. That would be so ridiculous. And I think, but it looks good. Yeah, you really want a steam mop? Don't you really? Oh, I don't think you need one. I'm, I'm Seriously, I've watched them. There's some factory in China somewhere turning out these things in green plastic, blue plastic, and you go, it's a steam mop. Do you really, really want... St- and I, 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 Every time I see the advert now and I see the info commercial, I have to turn it off. I have to go to another channel. And so then I get people using Dysons. So I'm intrigued by all these... And I love it. America's got these, these programmes running 24 hours a day. A bit like QVC. You know, they put things on and they go, and here, here is the latest beauty product. And I think, oh, I've never even heard of this stuff. And clothing, more women buy clothing on QVC than anything else. It's hugely successful. And then you watch the old rubbish jewellery channels. Oh, my dear. Yesterday they did have some woman, again, badly dyed hair. Look at, you know, high definition television, not doing her any favours. And they had a ring there and she was explaining what it was. I was just writing the word garbage on my television. I thought, and how much is this going to go down to? And it was £129. And I'm going to do you a special offer. This is a manager's offer, and it went for £10. And she only had 57 of them, and I thought, you're buying tat. You're bu-. That's what people tell me I buy. But they say you're buying tat if you want to buy this kind of... £10 for a ring, as if it, you know, it's going to be worth any more in about 10 years' time. People are going, you bought that, did you? Yeah, it's £10. <laughs> that £9 overpriced, I think. Uh, the Dad's Army on patrol after the police abandoned villages to burglars. Uh, Kim Marsh claims now she's being stalked by somebody. She's always got something going on, old Kim Marsh, hasn't she? Uh, Kit Harrington says, I'm more than just a hunk. You actually hear my interview with him. Russell Brand does this huge U-turn, giving himself, and I'm as guilty as the next person, even more coverage. Let's hope baby Charlotte is happier than the last one. She didn't have a lot of happiness. The hospital that employs security guards to restrain dementia patients... And the driver spotted playing the guitar driving down the motorway. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday. We've had Monday. That was your bank holiday. Turned out not to be too bad. Turned out not to be too bad. I did tweet yesterday about the Beckhams, mainly because Carol Malone talked about it, saying, you know, are they so vain that they have to tweet pictures of Davy Boy's NAF 40th birthday party? And I said, you know, where were all the A-list celebrities? Where was Harper? Well, obviously the Beckhams are still listening to this programme, because lo and behold, today in the paper, a picture of David apparently suffering with a hangover, as if. I mean, for goodness sake, you don't get that on Ribena and Farley's Rusks, do you? And a picture of Harper mopping Daddy's brown. Of course, they tweet that picture. To be honest with you, is there nothing they won't do in their shameless search for publicity? But the party really did look a bit naff, I'm afraid. It wasn't the best. No A-list celebrities, Eva Longoria. I mean, she'd turn up to the opening of a fridge. So there's no point. Uh, In one of the papers today, how to uh, spot a stroke. The warning signs. We see it on the television, don't we? And we don't know. We have no idea... Uh, what goes on inside our bodies. You can get them at uh, any time. It's, it's, it's just one of those things. But you have to get on with life. 
There's uh, there's one here. He's an 18-year-old uh, music student. He had one. Uh, another one here. I don't know why they're, they're talk- perhaps we're sort of talking about National Stroke Week. Uh, Elizabeth Kiss had a stroke. She lost the use of her left-hand side. She was just 13. Because we automatically think, don't we, if you're going to get anything like this, it's later in life, and uh, it isn't. It can happen, you know, much, much earlier than that. I mean, you know, to think of a, to think of a, a 13-year-old having a stroke and an 18-year-old music student, and his uh, his uh, mum says, I'll never forget screaming at the ambulance crew who answered my call that night, thinking my son was dying in front of my eyes. But uh, afterwards, you have to you have to get on with it. And so, three of these brave survivors have uh, have talked about how it how it felt to have a stroke. And in case you don't know, and I shall only repeat what the experts say, this is when the brain doesn't reach the uh, sorry when blood doesn't reach the brain properly, and it's caused by a bleed in the brain or a blockage in one of the blood vessels. Now, what what causes that? It's uh, a clot blocking the blood flow to the brain, aging increases the risk, and so do lifestyle factors such as smoking, drugs and alcohol. High blood pressure and cholesterol increase the chances too. Is it possible to recover? Big question. The answer, the quicker a stroke victim receives treatment, the better the chance of full recovery. Outcomes vary from patient to patient. I think I've got the odds stacked against me being diabetic. I think you uh, you end up with uh, all sorts of things, including heart disease and, and the chance of having a stroke and stuff like that. You can only hope, don't you? Every, everybody I speak to about it says exactly the same. I just hope it's quick. just hope it's quick. I don't want to start lingering. I don't want to start going in the middle of a programme. That would drive you all mad, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? He's still there rambling on incoherently. We think he might have had a stroke, but we're not, we're not too certain. Don't worry, I'll let you know in plenty of time. Uh, the Daily Express... In honour of Charles, Diana and the Queen. I don't understand how Charlotte is. It's because it's got CH in it. I don't, don't quite understand that. But, uh, but the link now with the Charlotte, uh, it's, it's a rich, a rich heris, uh, sorry, a rich heritage within the monarchy. But also tainted by tragedy. She died following childbirth at the age of just 21 in 1817. Born in Germany. Don't come as any surprise to anybody. But uh, that was when George III married Princess Charlotte in 1761. And um, interestingly, Princess Charlotte of Mecklenburg, uh, Strelitz, married George III in September 1761, a few hours after meeting him for the first time. Those were the days. European royalty marrying into our royalty or our royalty marrying into their royalty. Now it's commoners. Now it's commoners who are infiltrating the royal family. I, th- I think by the time we, you know, we, we go maybe a hundred years down the line, it'll be practically Chavsville inside Buckingham Palace. It's got to be if they keep diluting it much more. A uh, lot of people praying for, uh, for Greavesy. This is uh, Jimmy Greaves fighting for his life after suffering a devastating stroke. The sport rallied round. He's, uh, he's 75. He had been making plans to go on the road with a series of live shows. He wrote on Twitter, book me for I get too old. I used to love Saint and Greavesy on the television. It seems donkeys years ago now, but I thought they were great. So he had, he's had a stroke before, I think in about 2012. That was a minor one. Now he's had this one, and this is, this is, quite, this is quite serious. The family I know are at his bedside, and so a lot of people are, are praying. He was due to be inducted into the Spurs Hall of Fame next Wednesday at a sellout ceremony. Also scheduled to take part in an interview this week for a forthcoming film about England's Bobby Moore. And uh, on Thursday, he appeared at a Spurs Legends night in Exeter with Steve Perriman and uh, Alan Gilzean. Is it Alan Gilzean? 
Sounds likely, doesn't it? Uh, Greavesy, who played for West Ham United and AC Milan, scored 44 goals in 57 England games, which is the fourth highest. So we wish him the very best. Let's hope that he manages to make a full recovery. I don't want to be sitting here, you know, talking about his uh, demise. Vinyl LP sales have soared in a digital turn-off. Nostalgic music fans are getting back in the groove. Remember, they get in the groove. It's a groove thang. And apparently they now are buying turntables. Well, I've seen lots of little record players. I myself had a little record player when I was younger. And you can now buy little record players. There's some really cute ones on Amazon. Seriously. And you th- I know you can get one. It's just the turntable and it plugs into the computer. That seems quite nice. Sales of record players have shot up by 240%. Which means that people are buying vinyl. I can remember we used to have... Not vinyl junkies, I suppose they could be vinyl junkies, but people who were so precious about their sound systems that uh, they had posh speakers and thing, and they would sit there going, listen, you can't even hear a click when the record goes on there. And they would spend ages, they would wipe the record round and they would listen to, you could hear every instrument. Then they brought out CDs and you didn't need to bother with this super duper hi-fi systems. But it's nice to know that it's, it's coming back. Again, people are people are collecting vinyl. People go around car boot sales. But when you see vinyl, you need to take it out and look at it under the light to see if there's a scratch on there. And uh, and I suppose it it just had a bit of bit of nostalgia to it. I've still got the first record that opened UBN, the United Biscuits Network, from all those years ago. I pinched it from the library. It was the very first record that was played on air on this radio station that produced. You know, lots of lots of presenters in the real world, both television and radio. Uh, Nicky Horn, Graham Dean, Adrian Love, all those sort of people came uh, from UBN. Uh, Mary Berry says, I never eat in front of the television. I mean, she's still going. She's absolutely perfect. She's now 80. She's now 80. And uh, she says here that when we're eating, we ban the box. And how many times as a child did you sit down? There's probably parents listening at the moment and they've got a television in the kitchen because it keeps the kids quiet while mum's doing breakfast. And then they they watch what we used to. We'd sort of eat breakfast and we'd go, can we get down from the table? You'd have to ask if you wanted to get down from the table. You couldn't just get down from the table. You had to ask. And your mother would say, well, just wait, wait till your brother's finished eating. Oh, God. And, of course, he would then deliberately start dragging out his meal. Eat quicker, otherwise you get nothing in the will. <laughs> and then you could eventually go and turn the telly on. But they were, my, my parents were quite strict about the television. They weren't just putting it on, whereas, you know, I have the telly on a lot of the time at home. A lot of the time. Apparently Charlotte, apparently, is French for Charles, says Tracy. It's the feminine of Charles. Charles, Charlotte. No answer to that, is there? Eight four eight five O. Danny Cohen extremely late of Hale's Horrors, says, please don't think bad of me because I wouldn't be without my steam mop. Please tell me you've not got... Actually, you probably have got a steam mop, hasn't it? Fantastic in the kitchen and bathroom. Right off to cash the (laughs) cheque. Much love to the other Danny Cohen. Extremely late of Hale's Horrors. Oh, dear, I'm not sure of steam. I can't, know. I've always said no, but there again, I might. I was looking at my brother's floor because my brother's floor, he's had it all tiled. It's like walking on a mirror. Not really my kind of thing at all. I like I'm a bit carpet freakish, so I have to have I have to have carpets. But he's he's got these tiles which were which were put down, and I thought yeah they're very nice. But I wonder if he's got a steam mop. Could be the next thing I buy him. It's it's coffee bags he gets today. Coffee uh, things from Nespresso. 
which I bought the other day. So he's got 250 of those going down, which is lovely. Uh, why was Vietnam a gift to film and theatre? It inspired so, inspired so many shows, that, uh, that war, including uh, Born on the Fourth of July, Good Morning Vietnam, Full Metal Jacket, uh, Apocalypse Now, Hair, the musical, uh, Miss Saigon, 1989, The Deer Hunter, all inspired and uh, coming home from 1978, I think. And Miss Saigon, I think still going somewhere. Super show, really super show. I mean, one, I remember going to the first night and who was there? Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard was there first night. There were loads of people. I used to love the first night. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Uh, 84850, uh, I've heard you say that you uh, that you didn't have honey because it's just sugar. Now you say you have it with lemon and water. I said, if I have a cough, listen properly. Can't help it if you can't listen properly. I said, I have it, I have manuka honey. But uh, it's, it's, all, it's all sugar, of course it is. We know exactly what it is. But it's the only thing that works. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Let's try and, uh, try and squeeze some more. This one here which was talking about uh, taking cough medicine. Oh, poor Stephen's back again. He said, you need to watch the television, Stephen. I, can't, I can only educate you if you're intelligent enough to understand it. If you're a simpleton, you know, and you don't understand what doctors tell you, well, then there's no hope for you, is there? So uh, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to save you from yourself. I think that's going to be a lot easier. So if I save you from yourself, which I have just done, um, then you don't need to worry about it ever again. Makes it easier, doesn't it? There's a horse in the paper today. You'll like the horse. He's got hay fever. They have to cover him up, poor soul. He's allergic to grass. Have you ever heard of how you ever find this thing out? I've got no idea. But he's allergic to grass, so they have to be very careful. He's got a special coat. Bless his heart. It's uh, 5.15. Right. Morning, everybody. Uh, Nick Ferrari and the team. The battle bus rolls into a key constituency in London. Meanwhile, Labour shadow health spokesman Andy Burnham will say that two-thirds of hospitals face big cuts this year. How can we get a grip of the NHS? As I said, we need to stop the uh, the people just arriving in, the uh, the hospital tourists who turn up, which cost a small fortune. And also people who are quite happy to sit in A&E when there's not really very much the matter with them. And as Russell Brown goes from not voting to voting, Labour... Nick will be asking, are celebrity endorsements worth it or too much trouble? We've seen it before. I remember, do you remember Kenny Everett got up on stage for a Margaret Thatcher rally waving big hands? I always That image stuck there. But whether or not, even if you were a fan of Kenny Everett, you would then go, oh, if he's voting for that, I would vote. I wouldn't. I would make up my own mind. And on the morning we hear that British mums are more likely to die in childbirth than if they lived in Poland, Austria or Belarus. Does that ring true with you? Nick Ferrari, this morning from seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. And uh, they're going to be talking, actually, they're going to be talking to uh, Nicky Cox, editor-in-chief of First News as well, about the junior general election results. And I still hope that if I bump into somebody on the LBC battle bus, I get a stick of rock. That's what I'm looking forward to uh, to getting. Where are they going to be today? You'll have to find out just after the news at seven o'clock. Uh, you know who is the great survivor of Dad's Army? And the only reason I mention him is because, very nicely, they give him a, a piece in the paper today, in the Express. His name's Frank Williams. He played the vicar. And at the age of 83, he is still touring. He's doing his one-man show. I used to see him in Joe Allen's all the time with the, uh, the lovely and much-missed Pamela Cundell, who uh, also featured in Dad's Army and was Robbie Box's mum in Big Deal. And Pam, I used to bump into all over the place, mainly at the Lady Rattlings, 
But uh, she would she would be seen in Joe Allen's with Frank Williams, and they'd have a, a good old gossip about the old days. And he's still touring. He's got a, It's called More Tea Vicar. And you can go to thatsentertainmentproductions.co.uk to find out. I mean, a bit of a legend, you know. A little bit of a legend, I think. Um, I will tell you about the TUC kicking out a toll puddle martyr. She's not, a, not an old toll puddle martyr, because that would be absolutely impossible. But she's a new one, and uh, she wanted to stay in the house where she'd lived with her husband. And, uh, and they went, no, no, I'm afraid you, uh, you can't, because we need the house. And there was never any promise that we were going to be uh, staying there at all. Uh, the, uh, the horse makes every single one of the papers today, as does sleepwalking. I won't bore you with these sleepwalking stories, because lots of uh, people uh, sleepwalk. Uh, sometime, I don't know what you can do unless you lock the bedroom door, and I'm quite sure that people who sleepwalk can probably get out. Um, and uh, poor old Danny says, my mum Hillary is in tears because we're going on holiday to Newquay. It's where her heart belongs. What, Newquay? I don't know anything about Newquay. It's, it sounds quite nice. We, we used to go to a place. Well, I say we used to go to a place as a family. We had a, we had a caravan. All right, I understand what people think about caravans. But uh, that was what the British holiday was. You know, if you couldn't afford to go abroad, and we couldn't, we had a caravan. So we hooked it up to the back of the Hillman Minx, and off we trotted. Mevergissi in Cornwall. You know, we were quite... As, as children, we were very easily pleased. It's only now you get a little bit pressure. Going where? Spain? I don't think so. Can't we go to Morocco? The Beckhams have gone to Morocco. I wonder if people... Do you know, I bet you anything, people will be going to Morocco because the Beckhams have been to Morocco. They, they tweeted a picture the other day of the kids on camels. Like, it's that exciting. And well, I suppose it is for the, uh, the Beckhams. Uh, Molly says, Pippa Middleton's middle name is Charlotte. Oh, there you go. Mind you, they, they, they won't like the Diana thing. I, I said yesterday that I thought they would incorporate Diana. That would be nice, you know, if they had a girl, because there's no doubt that Diana was one of the most, if not the most popular member of the royal family for an albeit brief period. But she was. She was far more popular than the Queen Mother, far more popular than anybody else at all. And I think that's what irked them. I don't think they liked that idea that somebody came in and sort of took over. And she did. You know, when they went on their tours, I think Charles, who'd been out with a, with a number of high-profile people, and, you know, could he marry this one? No. And I saw her in a field. And I thought she was a pretty little thing. And then, uh, and then they got married, and the, the ring, and the hairstyles, and the clothes, and just everything. It just, we, we had an endless fascination. I have to be honest, I, I got a bit caught up with it myself. Uh, even though, after she died in the car crash, you know, the, the amount of conspiracy theories that were doing the rounds, you, you could write a book about people saying, oh, she was murdered by the establishment because of this, and because she sort of rocked the boat and everything else. I just think it was an unfortunate accident. I don't subscribe to any conspiracy theories, but she certainly made an impact. She certainly, when, when you look back at Diana's funeral... And you look back at the impact that that had on the nation when the Queen Mother's funeral took place. I mean, it was hardly a murmur, hardly a murmur. There wasn't anything like that. And for, for other members of the royal family, there won't be anything at all. But for Diana, it was the, the Diana effect when her brother stood up in, in Westminster Abbey and, and did that speech. And then you heard the clapping coming. Across. I mean, that was most amazing. I don't think I've heard anything like that for ages and ages. Just just really amazing. 84850, steve at Don't Please don't write in to me if you've got a steam mop. I don't, I don't want to know about steam mops anymore. I'm not buying one, OK? I'm not buying one. I do watch them on television, but I've, I've had to start turning the blasted things off. It drives me mad. Not too sure about the guitar. The producer's slightly wary of this one because he's not sure how... 
you play the guitar driving down the motorway. This is, he was spotted strumming away while driving down. He's not been identified, but he was photographed by bus passenger Nicola Carr on the A27 near Chichester. In the picture, which was posted on social media, he's wearing a suit as he plays what appeared to be a five-string Warwick bass guitar worth £500. <laughs> They've told you how many strings it's got and what it's worth. Yesterday, Andrew Lord, who owns a guitar shop in Brighton, branded the man idiotic. He said, you need both hands to play. How on earth are you supposed to drive? It's an absolute first for me. I mean, we, we don't know whether or not... I mean, I don't think it's possible. In fact, we've all come to the conclusion, the producer on his own, that it's not possible to drive a car and play the guitar because you need two hands. Bling, 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 bling. And then you move your hands up and down the fret. So who's, how are you actually driving the car? How are you steering the car? No idea. No idea. But uh, we'll find out probably later on today whether or not the police have been informed, whether or not the man's been identified. As opposed to a bus passenger taking a picture of somebody uh, playing the guitar in the car, I would be more interested in a picture of the man's number plate. So you take a picture of him playing the guitar, or what looks like him playing the guitar, and then you, um, then you sort of take, take a picture of the number plate so the police can actually find him. Which is better. Uh, The story that Nick's going to be running in breakfast this morning is the UK women twice as likely to die in childbirth as Polish mothers. And uh, this is is women in the UK. Women in the UK twice as likely to die in childbirth uh, as those in Poland or Belarus. British mothers-to-be also have lower odds of survival than those in Bulgaria and the Czech Republic. Britain is ranked only 24th in Save the Children's Mother Index. Uh, making it three years in a row that it's failed to make the top ten best places to be a mother. Nick will be looking at that a little bit later on today. I mean, it seems absolutely staggering, doesn't it? Absolutely staggering. Mind you, depending on who actually gets in, depending on who the new Prime Minister is, by the time we get to Friday, uh, we should have thousands more new nurses because they're all trying to prop up the NHS because they say that we need to do something about the NHS. What can we do about it? Nobody knows. There appears to I mean, it didn't, didn't make any difference putting all these managers in. It just got worse and worse. Uh, but I have no complaint about the NHS. I never have had. I realise that thousands of you listening probably do waiting times and stuff like that. A friend of mine's got a hernia at the moment, and they've told him it'll be the best part of uh, six months before he'll actually get seen. He's been seen by a consultant, and they, they've told him what it is, and they've just put his name forward, and you've just got to wait until they, they come back. Dreadful, isn't it? Dreadful. We should really be able to uh, get these things sorted out. I mean, he's in dreadful pain. They, they, they've given him loads of painkillers, but even so, he said it's awful. Uh, Heston Blumenthal may own one of the world's most acclaimed restaurants and have a devoted legion of foodie fans, and I'm one of them, but apparently Mary Berry isn't one of them. She said she wouldn't go for a special meal to his eatery, the Fat Duck, because it's too experimental. You know that he was the one who pioneered, was it snail porridge and all sorts of other things. And I have eaten food, not at the, uh, the Fat Duck, but Heston, when he came in last time, he brought food in. And we were eating it. And it's, it's to, it, he, he likes to challenge our senses, so he sort of changes the look of something or changes the colour of something. And the waterside in Bray is where we go for celebrations. But somewhere like the Fat Duck, she says, I, 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 I don't go to fancy Michelin-starred restaurants very often. Mind you, if Mary Berry came in, you'd be hard-pushed to know what to cook for her, wouldn't you? Mary Berry comes in. I mean, she does. She cooks. But uh, she likes Rick Stein, she says. But I, I don't actually watch TV chefs very often. Um, she said, I don't think it's fair for my husband to be in a total food environment all the time. So we watch programmes about gardening. 
She's marvellous. She was a great interview. Great interview. You can check her out on the LBC website. You can go through and um, and check out all the celebrities that we've had. Uh, they're talking about Jimmy Greaves. There are a lot of people praying for him. He was a very heavy drinker. He was doing... I mean, this is this is what heavy drinking is called. 20 pints of beer a day and a bottle of vodka before bed. I mean, that seems, like, seriously excessive. He's clinging to life after a stroke. He's 75. 20 pints... I'm trying to take it in. 20 pints of beer a day and a bottle of vodka before bedtime. Blimey. I mean, that is... That is serious. That is serious. He says, uh, it was the misery of not playing that made me drink. So, because when he was playing... I suppose it's, it's exactly the same as, uh, as Gascoigne, isn't it? Gascoigne pictured coming out of yet another bar the other day, looking a bit three sheets to the wind. And, and I said the reason he drinks is because he's bored. He's got nothing to do. If, you've, if your time is occupied, you know, there's no chance of me becoming an alcoholic, I don't think, because I get up too early in the morning. I couldn't even face a drink at this time. But if you're a serious alcoholic with nothing to do and nothing to look forward to, chances are you're going to be drinking. LBC News Time, 5.30. On LBC. Given the choice, 28 minutes to uh, 6 is the time. Ford, the motor company, have axed an in-car heart monitor. Have you heard of such a thing? An in-car heart monitor. This one apparently uh, would be able to tell you if you were having a heart attack. There's a cheering thought. Flashes up on the screen. Heart attack, imminent. Heart attack, imminent. That would worry me. That would worry me. I'm so glad I don't have a Ford motor car. But anyway, they, they've abandoned it. They were working on this seat which could monitor a driver with a camera and sensors on the steering wheel. Do you know, they've, they've got everything in cars. There is everything. There is nothing they don't have in cars. They've got cameras front and back. My brother's just bought a Jaguar. I don't know why, but it's, it's, it's quite nice. But it's got everything in it. Seriously, it's not brand new, but it's, it's got everything in it. He's got screens, he can, his phone calls come through there, he can dial out. I mean, all the things I don't have. I feel a bit miffed, actually. I feel a bit cheated. I feel perhaps I should have bought a different car so I could have got all the, all the extras on it. Uh, but I didn't. But I didn't. But fancy, fancy axing that. Fancy axing something. Uh, because they just decided it, it wasn't, the, uh, wasn't the way forward. Anyway, let me tell you the story of a lady called Janet Pickering. Uh, Janet Pickering um, is sort of a modern-day toll-puddle martyr. These were the 19th-century workers who fought injustice. In 1833, I'll just give you the the rough idea of what the toll-puddle martyrs were and what they did that was so life-changing. They were farm labourers from the Dorset village of Toll-Puddle. They formed a friendly society, basically an early trade union, uh, after their wages fell to six shillings a week. About 30 pence today. That's what they were living on. So they formed this little trade union and they agreed, you know, by a secret vote and a secret oath of allegiance, not to accept any work for less than 10 shillings a week. Now, the authorities decided this, 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 this might build up. So they, they arrested the ringleader and five fellow workers and put them on trial for a little known offence of taking an illegal oath. That was how, you know, we are dealing in different times here. Uh, They were convicted in 1834. They were sentenced to seven years in an Australian penal colony. The sentence caused outrage. 100,000 people attended a demonstration. 800,000 signed a petition demanding their release. And in 1836, the government granted all six a full pardon. Only one man went back to live in Tollpuddle. The rest went to Canada. And the sycamore tree 
where the union members met and swore their oath, still stands today in Tollpuddle. Janet Pickering and her late husband, Roy, were members of the TUC. She's 67. She's a widow now because Roy died, and she lived in one of the Tollpuddle Martyr cottages. And she's lived and worked there since 1989. And she was warden of the cottages, an associated library museum, as it was her late husband before her. The caretaker job involved living in one of the cottages on site. And she claimed she was told she could live there rent-free after they retired as part of their remuneration package. But quite clearly, the TUC had different ideas. And so a two-year battle ensued, in which case, you know, during which time she seemed to spend an awful lot of money on solicitor's fees, about £6,000, £6,000 she didn't have. And in the end, she was too exhausted to continue the fight. And I suppose the TUC then decided that they wanted somebody to come in and to take over the job. They claimed they never offered her anything like that at all. They did offer her a low-cost tenancy in the cottage after her retirement. They said she could never have it for free for the rest of her life. What would be the point of that? They owned them and they want to make money. So now, after her husband died in 1999 of cancer, uh, she's been low and she's now had to rely on friends to look after her. I mean, it does seem a bit shameful that for a long, long time, her and her husband looked after the museum and looked after the cottage, and then when... That's always the way, though, isn't it? She said, you know, if he's looking down now, he's going to be horrified at the way the union have behaved. And she claims that she was told by the bosses that she could live there rent-free. When she told managers she wanted to retire, she claims they told her she'd have to sign a tenancy agreement and start paying rent. She couldn't afford the rent on her pension and refused to sign, at which point the TUC then started eviction proceedings. You always thought the TUC would be sort of looking after little people. I thought that was the whole idea of, uh, of trade unions. I thought it was there to sort of protect people who were being sort of put upon by bigger people. That's exactly what they've done in her case. I understand that they... So obviously she could have lived there had she paid the rent. It's because she didn't want to pay any rent that they evict her. And that's the big problem, isn't it? So she's now looking for somewhere to live, and presumably somebody else will have moved into the place. Either way, it doesn't paint the TUC in a particularly great light. Uh, writing to the Express today, a man from Spalding in Lincolnshire talks about the DVLA ghost car tax ripoff. Now, let me just explain this very briefly for those people who aren't aware that if you are selling your car to somebody else, and it's got a tax disc on it, the moment you sell it, that tax disc becomes null and void. OK? I thought you sold it to somebody, and they went, oh, look, I've only just got a brand-new tax disc. So every car that I buy, every second-hand car, comes with a brand-new tax disc, because the tax disc is null and void. So if you see a car, just suppose I'm selling a car to Will, not that I would be, but, you know, if I was and it had a tax disc and it had another ten months, you can do what? You could You could afford a bit. I know you can. I know you can. I know, and of course, it would be comfy for you to sit in. It would be nice, you know, very, very nice, like sitting in an armchair. But if I had a tax disc on it that ran for another nine months, the moment I sell it to Will, the tax disc is not operational for that vehicle. He needs to go and buy another brand new tax disc, and I need to go back to DVLA and claim the money back. It's a very complicated procedure. I don't know why they've done it, but I think it only tells half the story. So if you tax your vehicle for only six months thus paying more proportionately per month, and then sell your vehicle to claim a refund on the outstanding amount, you only receive money back for the amount as if you taxed your vehicle for 12 months, i.e. at the lesser duty rate. By doing this, it seems clear to me, writes Tom from Spalding, that the DVLA is ripping off the hard-pressed motorist on two fronts. Now, I hear they intend to scrap the paper-driving licence form. 
which could create chaos for those trying to hire cars or those wishing to argue against convictions to obtain insurance cover. Does no one at the DVLA have any common sense anymore? Where I come from, we have a saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. A message clearly not understood by policymakers at the DVLA. My driver the other day did know that they were doing away with the paper bit of the driving licence, the photo card. Because I thought when I applied for that years and years ago, I'd just have that. No, it comes with a blasted piece of paper, which you have to prove. And then you have to take it into the police station if you get a conviction. And then they have to send it off, and then it has to come back again. You get another one with... Oh, Anyway, now they're doing away with that bit. They're doing away with that bit. So if you're going abroad and you're going to hire a car, you need to contact DVLA, and there's a new section on the website, and you need to put in your driving licence number, and then it gives you back a number, which you then have to print off and take with you when you go abroad, because that's the number that they can put in to see whether you've got convictions. Complicated? Of course it is. It's like doing away with a tax disc anyway on your vehicle. So now, unless you've got a police car right behind you and you can't remember if you if you had a tax disc or if it's current or if you've got insurance or if you've got an MOT, the police can tell straight away. So as if the police didn't have enough to think about with people playing guitar on the motorways, now they've got to worry about people with no tax disc, people with no insurance, people with no MOT, people driving with, with, uh, with disqualification, people who've got no licences. So there's loads of people out there driving on temporary licences. Temporary licences. Do you have a full licence? You see them when they stop them on the Interceptor programme. And they say to the driver, do you have a licence? No. There was one woman who brazenly sat there and pretended to the police officer that she had a twin. And the twin was sitting at home, and um, and that was how she'd got the car. Did you have a licence? Yes. Right, so who is this? You have a twin, do you? She's got a different name from you. Yes. Anyway, this one was blatantly lying through her teeth. Lying through her teeth, in the end, the police officer was actually quite nice about it and ended up taking her car away to be hopefully crushed so that she couldn't drive ever again. And they arranged a minicab to take her home. Far too generous, I thought. I'd just let, make them walk. Get out and walk. You've lied to me for the last 15 minutes. You're quite clearly a compulsive liar. And people go out there driving. Have you ever taken a test? No. So why do you think you've got a full driving licence? Because um, I've got a provisional. But I mean, that's provisional. You shouldn't be driving, should you? And they stop people all the time. It's hilarious. I always worry about them hitting other cars. I'm not bothered about them. If they have an accident, that's their their problem. I'm more worried, though, that they hit other cars. And if they hit other cars, the damage that they can do. I watched a woman the other day driving down the motorway. She was resting a map on the steering wheel. It makes the guitar bloke seem quite normal. But resting a book on the steering wheel, and it was a map, and then she veered over, so I hooted. Well, it frightened the life out of her. And I thought, why are people doing that? It's like watching somebody on the telephone. I don't hoot anymore because I've, I've given up on things like that. I, sometimes some people rest their hands over their ears to make it look as though they're on the telephone. They're not always. Sometimes they are. Uh, there's a lovely little girl in the paper today. She's three. Her name's Lauren Taylor. She's got a, a very rare condition. I think it's one that I've got as well, actually. What is the rare condition? She's Britain's friendliest child. Friendliest child. She suffers from Williams syndrome. And one symptom is that she says... Hello to everyone. Her mum says it takes hours to do the shopping because she says hello to everybody. She can say a few words. She's got no fear of strangers. It's slightly worrying. But it's nice to know we'll never have to worry about her being shy because it takes forever to get any anywhere because she wants to speak to everybody. That's nice. See, I quite like that. Hello, hello. Does it take long to get out? I think Barbara Windsor's got that, that one as well. I'm totally convinced that Barr's got it. I'll find it. She says hello to everybody. Literally. But she's just being naturally friendly. This little girl's got this Williams syndrome. 
I've never, it only affects 20,000 children in Britain, which might seem a lot. I quite like the idea that people say hello to you. Some woman came up to me the other day and said, have a nice day. I said, I don't ever have bad days. She sort of looked at me blankly. I thought there was obviously not going to be an answer coming back on that one. <laughs> uh, Fat Mary, the first people's princess, the last princess of Cambridge before newborn Charlotte, was Mary Adelaide, admired for her common touch and philanthropy, but pilloried for her weight. Mind you... Old Queen Victoria, she was carrying a stack, wasn't she? My goodness me. I mean, she really was. Harry Judd on health. They're obsessed in the papers with people's health. He says, um, he, uh, he said, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. The pop star and Strictly winner tells Nick McGrath how his intense marathon training led to an ectopic heartbeat. There was a tightness in my chest that made me uneasy. So he went on to do a marathon. Bless his heart. Not easy, is it, to do this? I don't know how people manage them. Seriously, I'm, I look at people pounding the pavements and I think, you've got loads of stamina. I couldn't do it. I, I wheeze and puff upstairs at the moment. Uh, a 62-gun hello for Charlotte. All the other kids sitting there, you know, with their hands in their ears, going, make it stop, make it 62 guns. Why 62? Must be some reason behind 62. And uh, in the paper, as I say, looking through the... Uh, the paper today, the Metro, it's uh, mainly Greavesy fighting for life after suffering a stroke. Uh, the two gunmen shot dead at the Mohammed cartoon show. Uh, the motorist swigging lager. Do you know it's not illegal to drink at the wheel? The police saw this uh, woman. She was drinking a can of Stella. She was let off by police that she hadn't broken any laws. But she must have done. You know, even if you get her on two hands on the wheel, that's that's the way it works, isn't it? She was spotted swigging from a can in Guildford. She passed a breathalyser test and received only a strong warning because you're supposed to have two hands on the wheel. If you're if you're driving and you're drinking a can of Stella, that means you haven't got two hands on the wheel. You've got one hand on the wheel. I always think, though, same for smoking. If you're smoking, you don't have it. And I see a lot of people driving with one hand on the wheel. And I don't think, I didn't think that was legal. So they had to let her go. She was, uh, she was innocent. Here's old David Beckham, apparently with a hangover. As if, do you seriously think that David Beckham's ever going to get a hangover? No. But they've managed to get a picture of Harper Beckham's hand coming in to mop daddy's brow. As uh, Carol Malone said the other day, they really are the vainest family ever. Keep tweeting these pictures about this naff 40th birthday do. As I said yesterday, where are the big A-listers? Don't tell me Eva Longoria's A-lister, please. The Spice Girls, we've seen them all before, so that wasn't very exciting. And who else was there? Nobody. Nobody at all. His mum and dad and his sister. Boring. Boring. That's the best they could. Perhaps he doesn't have any A-list friends. Tom Cruise didn't make it. Elton John didn't go. So in other words, it's a bit of a fair-weather business, isn't it? Which reminds you, I have a book all about it. It's called So You Want to Be a Celebrity available in foils and it gives you the uh, the lowdown on what is possibly the most barking mad culture we've ever wandered into it's definitely got worse you know definitely got worse 14 to 6 latest news headlines lisa is steve allen on lbc morning everybody apparently according to uh, to dan my friend paul's friend he said beckham's party wasn't a fair weather do it was a mayweather do anybody who was anyone was at the boxing i know did you notice though that the beckham said or, or Dave did, to anybody who would listen. He said that, uh, you know, that the party went on and then we all watched the boxing. What a dull party. You end up watching the television. Mind you, over at Celebrity Juice's fancy dress party, Gino DeCampo came as Batman's right-hand man. Surely the first time Gino has said, I'm going to be Robin tonight, since he burgled Paul Young's home in the late 90s. 
<laughs> I, I'm totally convinced now there is no audience for Celebrity Juice. I'm convinced they're all either drunk or it's just superimposed over the top of it. It's the most dreadful piece of tat I've ever seen on the television. Mind you, not looking good over in uh, Give a Dog uh, or Pet a Home, Peter Andre. Yes, I know he's still going, bless his heart, was struggling to control a lively stray that loves to have fun when allowed off the leash. Once again, you can draw parallels with things that may have happened in Pete's personal life, if you so desire. Poor old Peter Andre, can't get arrested, can he? Mind you, you have been suggesting this morning that perhaps the reason that Russell Brand is spouting the usual drivel, proving he knows nothing about politics at all, but he does know how to live in a £2 million flat, where the people who own it live in one of those places where it's quite advantageous for tax reasons. And uh, good old Russell, they said perhaps he's got no work at the moment. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that would be the case. I mean, otherwise he'd be far too busy doing something interesting. What, what I think is interesting, I've got no idea. Uh, Barbara Windsor uh, came over to me and said hello at the Lady Rattlings, says Anna. There you go. And uh, she says, have you been to the Lady Rattlings? They raised uh, money for an electric wheelchair. Have I been to the Lady Rattlings? Good. I'm an honorary Lady Rattling. Good. Have I been? Unbelievable. Um, people, somebody said to me uh, earlier on, and said, could it be it was a left-hand drive car and somebody else was driving? This is for the get- Well, we never thought about that. But what amazed me is that somebody took a picture of somebody playing a guitar in a car, was able to tell you how many strings it had and what, what make the guitar was and what it was worth. I wouldn't have the faintest idea. But, I mean, you're, you're right, actually. It might be, you know, you, you, you might be absolutely right that this, this could be one of those left-hand drive cars. Of course, it would be funny if it turned out to be that. I've never heard of anybody going down the uh, the road and actually playing a guitar at the same time as driving. It would get in the, the way of the wheel, would it not? And also highly dangerous. You would think, especially now with hidden cameras all over the place, that somebody somewhere is going to be taking a picture of you. But also, can you imagine, so there you are, and you're in a coach, and you're staring out of the window, and then you start overtaking a car, because it must, you must be overtaking it, because the, the, the car is on the left-hand side. If it was on the right-hand side, you wouldn't be able to see the driver, would you? So the car must have been on the left-hand side, so the coach was overtaking the car for them to get a picture, and to know the make of the guitar, and to tell you how many strings it had. I mean, what speed was this coach doing down the motorway? Unbelievable. And um, another sneaky way, says Dennis, of getting money from the motorist. If you sell your car uh, with nine months and three weeks tax left, you can only claim back the nine months, not the three weeks. The new owner, on the other hand, has to tax it from the beginning of the month. This all amounts to the DVLA getting paid twice for that month. And if you take the number of cars on the road that change hands, it adds up to a substantial amount. Nice one, DVLA. Not there was nothing wrong with the old system. They can't, they can't trouser it enough, can they? They seriously, they have, they have so much money now, the DVLA, because they can't believe. Now they've done away with the the paper bit. They, I do like talking. I only have to, I have to say nice things about the DVLA. You never know when you're going to phone them up and ask them about something. They're in Swansea, aren't they? And you know how much we love Wales. I love Wales. Uh, the number provided by the DVLA to this vehicle. Oh yes, if you're going to rent abroad, the number you get off the thing is only valid for a few days. So if you go to stay with the family in a re- remote part of Canada with no internet or mobile signal, you want to hire a car, you won't be able to, says June. Yes, it's, it's only that you need to go on to the, presumably, you do it when you get to that country. If you've got access to a computer, you go and do it then, don't you? 
I would think that's the that's the easiest way. It is ridiculous, honestly. If something's not broken, why do they keep messing around with everything? It was all working perfectly well beforehand. Well, I thought it was working perfectly well. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And um, do you think the Beckham, Steve, says Mick will be carrying Harper around when she's 17? With a cameraman in tow, of course. Well, I don't know. So far, we've never managed to see the poor child walking. I'm totally convinced. I said, I think she's battery, or at least rechargeable. Because every time we see it, and then sort of... So, so I mean, they're so vain as a family. They really must be. They, they must all be, in every single room of their house, there must be some sort of ego going on. Every time, you know, Victoria's in the kitchen. Not that I imagine Victoria's ever been inside a kitchen. She's certainly never eaten anything. You know, I wanted to see her stuffing her face with cake. But, of course, you know, she's trying to do something that she thought would go round the world and would be, fan- you know, the Beckham's celebrating, you know. But nobody's celebrity there. I have to apologise. The producer says, can you apologise, please? Eva Longoria is an A-list celebrity. Sorry. Change the word. Was an A-list celebrity back in 2002. So I'm happy to put the record straight that she's now a total Z-lister. And the Spice Girls reuniting for a party without Mel B. Now, was Mel B busy or was she not invited? And really, would you want to go to a party with the Beckham children there? And they've all made cakes and everything. Well, they haven't made them. The hotel's made them. And this apparently cost a quarter of a million. You could have come back to Essex, Vic and Dave, and had a really good thing, you know, with bouncy castle and balloons and everything else and got it in at under 20 grand. You know, you could have had it in one of your houses. You could have had people round to Notting Hill, had had a lovely canopy party and people could have turned up. But I don't think they've got celebrity friends. I really, I'm quite clearly, Eva Longoria's got no work going on at the moment if she can afford to go over there for a few days. And, uh, and there's nothing else. But they have tried to milk it as much as possible, but it, it's not kind of work this time. This one's backfired. Dave's big 40th, and there's nobody famous there. I mean, the Spice Girls we've seen before. You know, it's not like you've managed... They go, oh, David Blaine was there. He was working. He was working. Can we get David Blaine? Honestly, we've got more than enough magicians in this country who are more than capable of doing anything that David Blaine does. And who do they book? David Blaine. Oh, you just don't understand it, do you? But where were all the Snoop Dogs and all these other people who Dave's supposed to hang around with? Where were they? Answer, they don't go to stuff like that because they know that the Beckhams exploit everybody. So that's why you've got pictures of the Spice Girl. They're all right because they've known each other for years. But anybody... You don't think Tom Cruise is going to give up going to work to go and hang around in Morocco. So what what are we doing today? Uh, The kids are going on a camel ride and uh, Dave's going to do face painting. You can just imagine, can't you? They're going... Let's get the hell out of here. This isn't a family with any class at all. It really isn't. It's, you know... It wouldn't surprise me if they had face painting. I was only joking about the face painting. But uh, it could be... Could be very uh, likely. Joanna Lumley is very pleased. Why? Because in this country, we have raised about £34 million in a matter of days for the people of Nepal. Uh, She says that many of the children there are living in the land of the dead. And they went up Everest. They banned any climbers there. They'll have to... Apparently, they have to put the route in. So they're going to have to go back and lay out the route because of the earthquake... Um, and they reckon 7,000 people now. They went, went to one village, gone completely. One building left standing. The rest was just annihilated. 400 people died so quickly. You don't really understand how that can happen, do you? Until you see the devastation. They flew the helicopter over there. They banned all the, all the climbing up Everest. Nobody's going to be going there for a while. And uh, they'll have to relay the route out. 
so that people can then follow it up. They said it's far too dangerous at the moment. I mean, you'd have to be a fool to even contemplate it while there are still bodies in body bags lying about all over the place. But she said that, uh, she said it, it, it's quite incredible. She said on the very first day the appeal was sent out, back came £19 million. That's how, that's how good you are. That's how good you are at, at money on a country that doesn't have very much. You know, children who are sitting there going, we've got nothing. Parents who are weeping because they've lost children. 7,000. She said the money should go to the Nepalese children. And and they should. You know, and, and it's no good faffing around with it. I don't want people sitting there going, well, what shall we do today? Get the blankets out there because at night time it gets freezing cold. Get the food, get bottled water out there, get medicines out there, just get everything. You've got 33 million. Pull your f- I don't want to see people sitting around tables discussing it. There's people dead over there at the moment. They're trying to bury the dead. The experts have arrived, but they need to get on with it. You know, don't faff around, as happens on a lot of occasions when they've got money. So where shall we spend this uh, this this money? What should we do with it? No, start getting the drops out there, the play. There are some parts of uh, well, they've got nothing. They haven't even seen anybody, apart from a couple of television crews. And they're not exactly much use, are they? Dreadful. Uh, the uh, Mediterranean crossings are rising. 6,800 now, because now they know that they just head for Italy and Italy takes them all in. Italy at the moment is going through a major crisis. And uh, they reckon 200,000 will arrive this year. 200,000 people in these boats because they know that they're going to be rescued because the last time there was such a disaster. And the people who operate these uh, crossings are now just blatantly putting adverts in. You will get to Italy and they will look after you. Italy's going, no more, please. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday. You're back to work today. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC until 6.30 when Lisa Aziz is here with the morning news. Nick Ferrari and the team and the battle bus. Where will they be today? I have a sneaking feeling you might know this place. Russell Brand and his huge U-turn. They run it on every news programme. Why anybody takes any notice of the dribblings of this man is totally beyond me. The New Age invasion on a street in Bristol. There's no yellow lines. So the New Age travellers have moved in. Apparently, the people of the street are absolutely horrified. Um, can a dog really hypnotise you? No, it can't. But uh, as Simon Cowell persists with this lame programme, it can, I suppose. And the sat-nav drives up the cost of your insurance. It's LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. I'm Steve Allen with you until 6.30 this morning on LBC. Nick Ferrari and the team out at 7. Where is the battle bus today? Where is it going to be? I can tell you it's going to be in and around the London area. You'll have to find out after 7 o'clock this morning. The stories that make the papers today... The hospitals that employ security guards to restrain dementia patients. Russell Brand, having told his his followers, whoever they might be, don't bother voting, now says, vote. Ridiculous, really, isn't it? Why would anybody take any notice of what Russell Brand says? William has ensured the names of the princess the palace tried to restrict will go on. Consequently, he's used Charles as for Charlotte and Diana as well, which we predicted. And Elizabeth, that was the one we didn't predict. So, everybody happy, they've got a princess, they're going to go and live in Norfolk, they're going to stay there, that's where he's based, and then they've got a London base they can come back to on odd occasions. So that one's going to sit there. Perhaps they could rent it out, perhaps they could do bed and breakfast. Imagine, you can stay in that same apartment, they spent about four million on it. Is coffee killing the tea round? Yes. 
without a shadow of a doubt, coffee is killing it. I, I tend not to drink tea now. I should try and vary it. I'm trying to vary it. I'm trying to vary it. But I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure whether or not it's working. I did go through a phase of thinking, too much coffee's got to be bad, so I'll drink tea. So whenever I go to my brother, he makes me tea. I always have Earl Grey tea. Whenever I go to my godchildren, uh, they make me tea. I've never had a cup of coffee down there in my life, I don't think. And uh, this morning, it's coffee. It kick-starts my day. It's, it does sound a bit ridiculous, doesn't it, that I've got used to it. And what did I have the other day? A friend of mine is addicted to double espresso. So I had a double espresso. Nearly knocks your socks off. Seriously. Really knocks your socks off. So uh, is coffee killing the tea round? Yep. It is. Yep, it is. Uh, Kim Marsh has now said that she is stalked, but it's an unusual stalker. This is one who contacts her friends, pretending to be her, arranging meetings. And I would have thought, actually, you're supposed to go into the papers straight to the police with this one, Kim. Uh, Joey Essex threatens political leaders wanted to meet him on his TV programme so some of his cool would rub off. There's nothing cool about Joey Essex. He's a simpleton. He's a simple child who can't tell the time or do anything at all. I'm being kind. I'm not being rude in any way, shape or form. He's the one who told us that he couldn't tell the time. So there's no, nothing cool about that. You know, I know three-year-olds that can tell the time. Unfortunately, that's about the age that he appeals to. Uh, also, the stories in the papers, and we'll do the uh, the front pages for you this morning in a moment. Being Tuesday, you've had the weekend. And I think that's about it. And, uh, and Laura says, last night I was trawling through shopping channels... An Ideal World, Sally Jacks came on. Really? That's unusual. I didn't think they, they used to on Ideal. I have to find out, actually. I've got a contact there. But, uh, we were worried about Sally Jacks, because you remember, she turned out she was a little bit over the top. Then she lost her job on Bid TV, or whichever one she worked on, and I felt a bit sorry for her. And, uh, and then I suddenly realised that she'd appeared on a Come Dine with me. And then I spoke to somebody about her, and they said, oh... You know, Sally Jacks is a bit disappointed she can't get back onto television. It was the fact she had a screechy voice. And unfortunately, when you do, how do I describe it? Plasticity on the television, which is where you go, oh, this is amazing. This is fantastic. Oh, I want that. I can't believe we're doing this. this, That kind of rubbish presenting really drives me mad. So a lot of the jewellery channels do that. Some of the girls on there get overexcited, but they look like they get overexcited if they found a mivvy underneath their pillow. You know, they're that sort of person. And they're flogging tat anyway. So Sally Jacks came back. So for ages we had this campaign. And uh, we were proved right in the long run. Only a few people from there got jobs elsewhere. And uh, it pays quite well. It's not actually a bad paying gig. Uh, Teresa says, wasn't Gordon Ramsay and his wife at the Beckham party? Uh, well, we know the wife was. We saw pictures of her. We haven't seen any pictures of Gordon Ramsay. But there again, he's, he's known them. There's no A-listers. You know, Gordon Ramsay is not a, an A-lister. He's, he's a chef. Well, Gordon Ramsay is and his wife, Tanner. They're very nice. And, uh, but also, did they take their children? Probably not. And also, was it just the wife went? Because I've seen no pictures. And you know the Beckhams, publicity shy to the last... They normally tweet pictures of everything. So where is the group picture? Where is the group picture of all of them at the party with all the big stars? Answer, they don't know anybody. They know people because when she has a fashion show, people will turn up. You know, the Anna Wintours and stuff like that. They wouldn't go to Morocco for Dave's 40th birthday party. They would know it was a piece of shameless publicity. And most well-heeled people were at the fight... Or failing that, if you've got somebody's birthday party and you're that... You think Tom Cruise goes out and rents a hotel or half of a hotel? No. He'll stay at home with the family and they'll have people round for dinner. Perhaps the Beckhams can't cook. I don't know. Either way, it certainly wasn't the big thing that you're going to... Oh, and I've been proven right. One member of the cast 
of Made in Chelsea turns out to be a not very nice person. Over in Towie, of course, it's Dan Osborne who's the nasty piece of work. And nobody likes him at all, but uh, we're so delighted that Jacqueline Josser has decided to stick with him. Maybe she'll see the light eventually when she grows up a little bit. But we've managed to find an aggressive girlfriend in Made in Chelsea, which will be on the free podcast. An aggressive girlfriend. Who could it possibly be? It's the one that I was talking about a few weeks ago who's been round the block a few times. She's not very pleasant, but we'll tell you about her a little bit later on. That'll be free. You need to go to the LBC website, download the LBC app. It works on uh, iPhones and it works on Androids as well, and then it automatically gets sent. It doesn't cost you anything to do. That's absolutely free. Where we have a little gentle dig at celebrities, as only we can. And I might mention my book. Um, another one here who says, playing guitar whilst driving is impossible, says Martin. I mean, you'd veer off the road in seconds. It's a left-hand drive car. It can only be that. I'd be looking at defamation on the do-gooder photo snapper just wants to get somebody in trouble. Well, actually, you, you can't get somebody in trouble. There's no, there's no defamation to answer because you can't see the person. There's no defamation. They haven't identified. They've just said, here is a, two hands playing a guitar. So there's no defamation. She's just taken a picture of somebody playing a guitar in a car. That's not defamation. Thank God one of us knows the law, otherwise you'd be in prison straight away. Uh, if the Beckhams came back to Essex for Dave's 40th, says Kev the Milkman, uh, we'd have welcomed him in Harlow. He could have hired the Salvation Army Hall at the end of my street, hired a mobile disco and a few platters from Costco. Job done. I know. Apparently. £250,000. I don't believe it. Not from what I saw. Have you seen tables groaning under the food? No. What have you seen? Four naff little birthday cakes. And that was about it. Uh, we haven't even seen any glass of champagne. They haven't even prominently put down, you know, the fact they were drinking, you know, Tattinger or Moet and Chandon. You know, none of, none of that kind of stuff. In fact, it looks like Dave was probably drinking Ribena. So the idea that he's got a hangover, of course, is, is just literally ludicrous. And the reason he wouldn't have a hangover is because he's a sports person. And the reason that they might phone him up and say, can you model some underpants today? He's not going to go and turn it down because that's what his income is. He does underpants or just about anything. He doesn't play football, as you well know. Um, have you known, says Dave, do you know how many people have been involved in motor accidents whilst playing the harmonica and accordion whilst driving? None. I'm not saying it's completely safe, though. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, that would be quite funny, wouldn't it? My auntie... You know, never had an accident in her life. Saw hundreds in the rearview mirror. Uh, so, um, who else? Uh, playing guitar and driving is impossible. Yeah, everybody's saying exactly the same. I didn't think so. I didn't think that you could... Uh, it would be possible to do that. Anna says, I did say, uh, see Gino DeCampo in Waterstones. He's got a new book out. Interview him. No, he was offered. I turned him down. I turned him down. It's funny you should mention that. I thought there'd be a book out. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. I've seen him on Celebrity Juice. I think he's rude. I think he's offensive. I think it's embarrassing. I think the whole programme is embarrassing. The only reason poor old Holly Willoughby's got to be there is because her old man's the producer of it. But it's just dire. If they seriously think that's comedy, perhaps you need to be drunk to watch it. But it doesn't do it for me at all, I'm afraid. I think it's really, really embarrassing. And there was nobody, there's nobody ever interesting on it. It's always Z-less people. Always Z-less people. And um, sadly, it's true says my contact, who knows all about Sally Jacks. She's gone to Ideal World as a fashion guest expert. <laughs> this this contact, contacts of mine are very good with these things, because uh, he says, a fashion expert from Burnley, I ask you. So that's what she's on there as a fashion expert. Oh, right. Well, I'm glad we were able to find out the truth straight away. Says, um, last I heard, 
She'd fallen down the stairs and milked that via Facebook. <laughs> Burnley. <laughs> Burnley. In Lancashire, a fashion expert. I know, I know. Don't laugh, please. It's up north. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Gordon was there. He was on the one show last night with his daughter plugging her TV show. Well, he can't have been there. He can't have been there because they're all still out there, aren't they? It's supposed to be a four-day thing. But I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So Sally Jacks, there you go. That's the breaking news this morning. Sally Jacks, who was sitting in the wilderness for ages, is now a fashion expert in Ideal World. (gasps) Dear Lord, they must be desperate for presenters, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) She now fits under my radar yet again. 6.15. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. Time races away. According to Tony, he says Gordon Ramsay and his family were at Dave's Do the other night. Ramsay was on the one show with his horrid daughter, Tilly. He obviously doesn't like her. She's she's very spoilt, very precocious, and she's got a new cooking show on telly. How did she manage to get it? Uh, She got it because of her dad. She got it because of her dad. And uh, that's it. You know, that's how it is. And she'll probably have a book out, I should imagine, very shortly. That's, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. If you've got a famous father and they're looking, and they're always looking for new shows, aren't they? They're, they're desperate. They have, they have a complete department down there, which is people trying to develop shows. People trying to come up with something they think is going to capture the imagination. The, the problem being on television that it's, it's a visual thing. So if you don't like the person then you're not going to watch. It didn't matter how, how brilliant people were, because that's why some shows fail. And you think, how can it fail? It's a particularly good format, this show. It's got a good presenter. But sometimes the public just don't like it, do they? They, uh, they just don't like it at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm always right, Dave. I'm never wrong. I've never been wrong in my entire life. It's an awful... It's a cross I have to bear. It's a cross I have to bear. And uh, Darren says, praise the Lord, I've just heard your breaking news about the return of Sally Jacks. Only temporary, because let's face it, you can't really put, can you, Burnley and fashion in the same sentence. Just doesn't work. I'm sorry. I realise that Lancashire was the place where the mills were. But frankly, you don't think to yourself, I'll go to Burnley and Lancashire to pick up some fashion. And you're certainly not going to be taking Sally Jacks' advice on it, are you? I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, 84850. Uh, Steve says... Oh, no, Kevin says, I'm Steve. <laughs> Think of how much road tax money the DBLA don't get now due to so many cars being low emissions that they don't pay any road tax. But they, they're up 39 million, apparently, on the deal somebody else told me. So they seem to be OK. Uh, Ian says, I was a regular coffee drinker until my doctor flagged up the considerable caffeine intake as bad for my heart condition. Also realised I was paying the equivalent of £25 a litre for a minuscule cup of espresso. I'm now a confirmed tea addict. Oh, it is. It's terribly expensive. I pay £2.65 for a, basically a, a cup of froth with three shots of coffee, coffee in it. It is froth because I'm, I'm not really a great, a great milk drinker. So, I mean, it's, it's, but we, we, we've got into it. I remember years ago watching, was it the film Broadcast News, where they went out and started ordering double decafs, this. And I thought, we'll never do that over here. Over here, we'll just be saying, you know, it's, uh, it's a cup of coffee. No, no. Uh, two skinny lattes, hold the chocolate, uh, mocha. You know, I'll have a skinny mocha. Oh, it just gets so complicated. M25 uh, says Alistair, flashing boards warning the Woolwich Ferry is closed. Oh, well, 
We shall get that one uh, checked out. And uh, and Jackie's up in Paddock Wood this morning, which is always good news for everybody. Uh, more of your uh, text and emails in a moment. Uh, Gordon was definitely there, Steve. Apparently he did tweet a picture. Did you know that Harper's got her own Twitter account? Nothing surprises me with the Beckhams. Nothing surprises me with the Beckhams. Uh, front page of the Daily Mail today. It's uh, Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. Warren seems to be okay with that one, I think. Uh, William ensures the name of the princess the palace tried to forget will live on, which is good. But there again, you know, the um, you don't take any notice of what the palace say. It's his daughter. He can call her whatever he wants. But I'm assuming they must have worked that out some time ago. And he must have said to his dad, he must have said, listen, I'm going to put mum's name in there. If I go, well, you really must, you know. And uh, and he did. And why shouldn't he, for goodness sake? It's his mother. The fact that, you know, his, his father... You know, didn't really hold her in much esteem. I think it was the rest of the country that did that. Uh, For the mother, he lost. But it was such a long time ago. He was only a little child. They, you know, time heals, as they say. It's a slow process. Slow process. So that's... And they've got Diana all the way through the uh, papers today. Nice opportunity to look at the pictures of her and the television uh, stations are all showing images as well. Here are the New Age travellers. The New Age invasion in a street. And uh, the residents in Bristol in Littleton Street, where the council, for reasons best known to themselves, haven't bothered painting double yellow lines, so they've just parked their wagons there and they've left all their filth, because they don't recycle. They are new-age travellers, but they don't recycle their rubbish. They just throw it out there and let you clear it up. That's not in there. They, 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 they don't do that. I thought they would, you know, being new-age travellers, back to earth and doing this and that. No, they don't. They just smoke their uh, drugs and uh, urinate in the street and empty their slops out everywhere. So, as you can imagine, they've been there before. According to the residents, they've uh, they've been a number of times. Why the council haven't done anything, I don't know. Perhaps they're just a bit slow down that neck of the woods. 6.25, in case you're catching a train. Try not to be late. Greavesy in his fight for life. He had a, a really serious stroke the other day. He's 75. He had one in uh, 2012, I think. That was only a mild one. The thing about strokes is you've got to catch them early. If you catch them early, that's why they keep reminding you. Things like smoking, high cholesterol, blood pressure. All those things that I manage to keep down and I don't smoke. I do drink. I do, well, I spill a lot, so it's not quite the same as drinking. Um, so Greavesy in his fight for life at 75, just about to go out on a book tour. I hope, I hope that he makes a, a recovery. Picture of the baby, which so far appears to be brilliant. If you notice, I think it had makeup on. I think they gave her a touch of mascara and things like that. Miliband's Tory, Miliband's Tory warning. Nurses face the axe at 66% of hospitals. They can't make uh, the figures work for the NHS at the moment. They're really in a in a dreadful situation. It's just, uh, I don't know what they're going to do about it. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. And they're going to, so if they're axing nurses, how can anybody bring nurses in? Doesn't make any sense to me. The son, Her Royal Highness Princess Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. So everybody's happy. Uh, Ali Ross, talking about Russell Brand. His chat show career is like Simon Cowell, short and brutal. Yes, there's, I don't know why people you know, take any notice at all. Daily Express, UKIP demand vote on EU before end of the year in honour of Charles Diana and the Queen. Everybody very happy. Baby sleeping soundly. I don't know. Do you think it was real? <laughs> Only ours, because it appears to be... It doesn't appear to be weighing anything at all. 60% want voting reform, according to The Independent. The Times. Why stress is good for you. Grief. And uh, Miliband asked the union to save his number 10 bid. Front page of The Telegraph, finally. Electoral defeat. No bar to number 10, hopes Miliband. A vote for UKIP is a suicide vote for Britain. New test doubles the number of ovarian cancers detected. And the head teacher who says love must play its part in a girl's education. No mention of the boys at all. Have a fantastic 
Tuesday. You can download this programme later on. The podcast will be available. If you go to lbc.co.uk from as little as £2 a month, you can download this and everything on LBC. If you want all the Battle Bus uh, programmes, then they're all available for you. I have a free podcast every day, which will be available in about 15 minutes. You go to the LBC website as usual. Download the app, available on iPhones and now Android phones too. And I have a book out as well. Gosh, I've mentioned that before this morning. Listen, have a lovely, lovely day. Back with you tomorrow morning. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. At seven, where is he this morning? Nick Ferrari in the Battle Bus. She'll be finding out soon. Next, it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news. This is LBC. LBC.